Yeah, they, my, 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 my butt is fully asleep by the time we're done with this. Yeah. We gotta start wearing padded pants. <laughs> Pad pants. Pad pants. <laughs> Maybe we should just wear pads. Like menstrual pads or like pillows? Like generic pad or like I was very thinking like menstrual pads. What about like just a pillow like belted loosely into our butts? That would work too. Hi guys. Hey. Hi. Welcome to Categorical Oracle, the podcast where we pit our organizational skills against the disorder of a modern world. I'm Mary Johnston, and with me are Kelly Connedy and Andrew Crawford. In every episode, we are challenged to organize a themed list of people, places, and or things uh, using carefully crafted categories. We've conducted our category prep cloistered away from one another and come prepared to delight, shock, and dominate our fellow oracles with our organizational prowess. Let's get rolling. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Hey, happy Thanksgiving happy to Thanksgiving. you. Happy Thanksgiving. Coming up on a carb fest. Hey, Mary. Thanks for that. that went. Thanks for giving us yeah. that thing to talk about. <laughs> I didn't give you anything. Typically, you'd say you're welcome for that, but it's okay, whatever. Well, but I'm not. Would um, you like me to say out loud in public right now that Mary Johnston has made the best turkey I've ever eaten Aww, for a Well, also, <laughs> but Andrew Crawford also had something to I do mean, with it. I mean, not... The best smoked turkey I've ever had? Oh. It's Hyderabad's. I've eaten other turkeys, is what I'm saying. Guess great. Oh. Great introduction. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless, we know how to make a turkey in this household. Okay. The turkeys are good. Turkeys are great. All right. These are okay. Well, I think we should dive right in because this week we are celebrating the holidays by having a little bit of a categorical potluck. <laughs> As you know, Every episode, we pick a topic full of people, places, or things and attempt to organize them from best to worst and everything in between. But this week, we all just brought an abbreviated list of something that we personally are thankful for and will guide you through it. It's like we strapped three kitty tables together and made one master one, table. One big adult table. It's yeah, like we all contributed one digit to a hand turkey. <laughs> So, Three-fingered turkey. So, well, one is, has to be the head, otherwise... One has to be well, some. Mm, maybe it's like mid-pluck, so it doesn't have a Ooh. head, and it has very few feathers. <laughs> you want to pluck a live turkey, Kelly? No. Sounds, sounds cruel. Did I ever tell yeah. you about the time that my cousin got a kosher turkey? As, like, somebody gave their family member a kosher turkey, because they were orthodox. And <laughs> they opened it up Ooh. on Thanksgiving... And they was it they opened up in a box. Was it like in Lady and the Tramp when they produce the lady to the lady and she's in a hat box? No, but they opened it up the turkey out of its packaging and it still had feathers on it because that's apparently not part of the kosher. How many feathers? Enough that they had to pluck them. Well, if you had any feathers, you just pluck them. No, because sometimes when you get chickens that are like those little like the pin quills are still stuck in there, yeah. but you just you just kind of like let those fly. I mean, feathers them. feathers burn off in the oven, right? <laughs> that's, that's how <laughs> it little in fact, like did it have yeah. like did it have like full wings and everything? I don't think it was that many. I was not there and they did not produce a picture for me, so I can't tell you the exact wow. amount of feathers. Hmm. Unfortunate. Mm, bummer. That's yeah. unfortunate for them too. Um sorry. My I digress, as per usual. <laughs> my junior year of college, um, Andrew and I have a tradition of holding a Friendsgiving, which is where Kelly had her turkey made prepared by us. 
um, personal turkey, just for <laughs> just my own personal turkey. turkey. <laughs> and we, I distinctly remember myself and my roommate um, and dear friend Jessica um, waking up early on Saturday morning to tuck the bird into the oven for all of our friends to come over, and realizing that one, it was still mostly frozen, and <laughs> and two, that the bag that contained the guts had busted, and <laughs> and it was just. Her like using the vegetable sprayer on on a warm setting to, to to shoo away the ice while I dug around in the cavity saying over and over again, my mom told me there'd be a bag. My mom told me there'd be a bag. It's a good. It's a good. It's a good. Yeah. That's a good first turkey story. That turkey was moist though. Mm. That turkey was super moist. I can only assume because we poured so much water into it. <laughs> Turkey had kind of a steam bath going. <laughs> uh, so Mary, what are you thankful for this year? Well, I have picked an item that I use every day if I'm having a good day. Um, it's LaCroix. Oh. It's a very millennial move of me, I'm aware. Um, but I'm fancy and I like canned water. So would you, I don't know if I've ever told you guys the story of LaCroix, which first of all, Shall we sit down by the fire, Miss Kelly? <laughs> yes, we should. <laughs> so first of all, I would like to state publicly that LaCroix is the proper way to say it. If you say LaCroix or La LaCroix, you are fake. Because <laughs> You are fake. You're fake. It's made Check yourself, you're a mannequin. <laughs> it's made in Wisconsin. Did you know that? I did. Oh, it's very made well in it's made in lacrosse. In lacrosse. So uh, you know. We like to say our vowels. That's why it became LaCroix. LaCroix. Yeah, unless it's an E sometimes. That, then we just went. Does it off. explain why it looks like there's a very polite Canadian rave happening on all the cans? Yes. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. But basically, my associations with LaCroix for most of my life have been that it is a middle-aged woman drink. Mom because drink. that is what every mom, every cool mom drank, mm. I think. To be fair, what is a millennial except for a cool mom? We all got our pants up, our butt cracks, and we're drinking LaCroix. And we're drinking LaCroix. <laughs> and we're drinking flavored water. Because soda has too many calories. Yeah. All right, do you want to get into it? <laughs> yep. Let's do it. Okay, so I put these in order um, of the flavors that the LaCroix website delivers them. So first up, we have Pure. <laughs> I'd say great umbrage, <coughs> excuse me, great umbrage <laughs> with the use of the term pure for something that is just plain. Yeah. And the implication being that if something is exciting or interesting, that it's closer to a state of true purity and, <laughs> and, and righteousness. There's a moral superiority in the use of the term pure for what is just water. I would agree. Yeah. I also, it's a, a quick note, point of order. The list that I provided uh, for this item includes the description from the website of this. Yeah. And I would like to read the one for Pure. Crisp, clean, and clear. The blue can is Pure, our only unflavored sparkling. Oh. The only unflavored sparkling? I really actually would love to meet the person or people that have written these descriptions, they're pretty much gold the whole way through. I have to through. assume it's a team effort. This is way too good for one we, person. We should also mention that the, our list only contains the original. Yeah, or the fatty cans. None yes. of these tall. None of the tall suckers. None of those tall, fancy ones. Nope. Nope. <laughs> no none Lacola of, on this list. There's no Lacola, <laughs> and there's no uh, cherry lime. Although that mm. is a wonderful flavor. Mm. 
All right. So you take umbrage with the fact that it's pure. I, sure. I agree. I think it's really it's really bland, and the idea of drinking just plain water from a can Sparkly makes me water. feel yeah. makes me feel well, yeah, but makes me feel like I'm in wartime. Uh, what kind of categories do we have for this? Uh, this category, I gave a sure, thanks, I guess. <laughs> sure, thanks, I guess. <laughs> Guys, you know how sometimes I like to make things way too complicated and like get in my own head and yep. make jokes I have to explain to death and they're not great, but I, st- I, I still lean on them. Yeah, you skipped doing that this week. Hold on to your butts, ladies. <laughs> All right, this is a big one. So I was like thinking to myself while I was preparing my categories, you know, what's what's the nature of pure LaCroix? It's, I think it's a bit bougie. It's, a bit, it's aspirational, but also not that great. It's like, okay, what else is like that? McMansions, kind of obvious, right? What's a funny aspect of McMansions? Columns. So, I said, I thought back to my old middle school history class and realized that there are three types of columns. Doric, Ionic, Ionic, and Corinthian. And that led to my category, Isn't it Ionic? Ba-da-cha! <laughs> you know, it's really Ionic. Before we started recording, I was telling Mary about columns at the public museum. <laughs> <laughs> Many columns. I think that this is a Jennifer Aniston. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just a little bit bland. <laughs> oh. Uh-oh. So we have sure, thanks, fine. I guess. I guess. Mm, yeah. We have... Isn't it Ionic? Isn't it Ionic? And we have Jennifer Aniston. What's it going to be? I'd like to eliminate Andrew from the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> the first one falls. I agree. I second, I second oh, that motion. Okay. <laughs> Democracy is brutal. (laughs) (laughs) All the work. (laughs) Even a dumb, dumb category. (laughs) All that mental gymnastics. I'm happy with either of our categories. Okay. Do you want to stump for your category? It's fine. (laughs) That's that's me stumping for pure. Kelly, I think you mean it's fine. I guess. <laughs> I guess. Thanks, sure. I guess. You're doing you know, the... somebody hands it to you and you're like, oh, thanks. You're doing the verbal equivalent of Daria sticking her hand out. Yeah. For that volleyball. volleyball. Yeah. Well, then I think Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, sure. Sure. Thanks. Fine. Fine. Whatever. I guess. Okay. I guess. Next up, we've got Lime. Mm. Taking a sharp turn to good town. Yeah. Lime is... This is from their description. Lime is as good as it looks. <laughs> Always a crowd pleaser. Which is... I don't really consider the lime can to be beautiful. It's just green. It's just green. It's actually one of the more subdued cans, so perhaps it is more beautiful than the others, but... Certainly more mature. Who can say? I mean, it is like Sprite for adults. Or alternately, gin and tonic for for children. (laughs) Yeah. I think that lime is the MVP. Yeah. Okay. Of LaCroix flavors, which is my category for it. Uh, I think it has enough personality to drink solo, but you can also like mix it with stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess it's the most valuable player. I had a similar thought. Uh, it's like my favorite summer non-alcoholic beverage, so I said nice and koozy. <laughs> oh, I like that one. Thank that you. one you get. Is, I like is that lime one. your favorite? We should reveal as we go through. Is lime your very favorite yeah. LaCroix flavor? Um... I think it's the best, but it's not my. It's my favorite, but it's not the best. If that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. But you didn't have it as the best. Okay. I did not. I think Andrew should win. Okay. okay. I don't even want to reveal. My you're like you're like I'm dashing yes. it into the fire. No, <laughs> it should not be recorded. What was your category again? Uh, nice and koozie. Nice and koozie. Nice and koozie. 
All right. Next, we go to Lemon. <laughs> oh, actually, this is one of my favorite this descriptions. This is a good description. Tastes better as a sparkling water. No seeds or soggy fruit floater. <laughs> like a turd, you know. So, oh, you know, like, ah, oh, man, this is so good, except for that soggy fruit they floater. They could have stopped in the first, like, five words. Well, okay, yeah. no, the whole better. thing, the whole thing from, like, front to back is absurd. Oh, yeah. Lemon tastes better as a sparkling water. Tastes better than what? Than the fruit itself? I also think this might be your formatting or theirs. Do do they, so it's lemon colon. Is that their formatting? No. Okay. I don't well, I don't think so. I mean like it's in there. So these are pulled. You like click on it and then there's like a little popover. Oh, okay. And so then it has a it is a header and then this is the description. Okay. So cool. tastes better as a sparkling water is the first yeah. Handshake of that line. Yeah. Yeah. No soggy. No like, soggy fruit floaters. No seeds. No seeds. We can't deal with seeds. <laughs> oh. Though, to be fair, can you imagine getting a seed in a can of LaCroix? That would be terrible. It'd <laughs> be so Blah. surprising. It would be very surprising. It'd be like thing, um... Could you, like, take it back to, like, Bill LaCroix and be like, no, no. I found a fruit floater. It's sort of a turd in your oatmeal situation. It's a callback <laughs> to another episode. That's true. Um, what was the thing that the woman found a finger in? Is that real or is that just an urban legend? Oof. Is it Wendy's? It's not a Wendy's baked potato, but that would be amazing. <laughs> I cut open my potato and there was a finger in it. Let's say, just for the sake of argument, it was a potato. What would your reaction be? The finger in the potato? Like, it was in the potato. Like, the potato grew around the finger. Is that Wendy's fault? I would uh, hold up and say, excuse me, I didn't order fries. (laughs) (laughs) What? Um, I... uh, Yeah, I do think it's their fault. (laughs) Like... Yeah, because clearly they're getting potatoes from, like, some mutant farm. That's not cool. Um, But back to the matter at hand, Lemon. By choosing to offend no one, Lemon pleases. Lemon can't please anyone. I will reveal now that we have one flavor of LaCroix. At, at your workplace, work. and is it lemon? It's lemon. Ugh. That's because lemon's like the most basic good flavor. Yeah. For me, in my mind, like honestly, I look at this, and if I might jump into my cat, I would drink it. Oh yeah. And, yeah, and then we have like kerplunk or whatever that one's called. <laughs> oh god. In my mind, I always see read it as kerplunk. Kerplunk. <laughs> Do you have lemon of that too? No, those are berry flavors. Ooh. Ooh. Anyway. Yeah. But for me, like foreshadowing. Le- <laughs> lemon is sort of like the to Kelly's image of the mom drinking Lacroix. Lemon's the ultimate like mom Lacroix mm. in my mind, which is why I decided to categorize. That's because it, it looks as, good with navy. Which is why I decided to categorize it as pink wine on the rocks. Ooh, the I called it the a ultimate f- mom beverage. I called it a flavor by committee. I just called it medicinal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that one's gonna. I know exactly which one that's yeah, coming up for. That's, uh, uh, I like your category, yeah. Andrew. Yeah. Well, thank you. I was going to go for Kelly's. But we'll hold on. It'll come back again. It'll come back. It'll All come right. back. Pink wine on the rocks. All right. Orange. Orange. <laughs> the more Orange. things change, the more they stay the same. As this tangy flavor is a fan favorite. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever had an orange book. Oh, they're good. Um, what's weird about oranges, <clears throat> I assume it was one of their first flavors. Mm-hmm. And actually, the fact that orange is an option, I think, sort of betrays the more humble roots than one would assume from a bougie sparkling water. Because orange is like a is a non-fancy flavor. Orange is a very fancy flavor. 
it's only until recently that we've had oranges in winter up here. Like, orange is fancy if you're like a child in the Netherlands in the 19th century. Yeah, are you, no, are you I, like a Charles Dickens <laughs> nightmare scape? What are you talking my about? My mom tells stories of when she was a child that there weren't oranges at the supermarket. The only time she got them in winter is when people sent them to them. Well, sure. But your mom also remembers when like McDonald's wasn't a thing. My mom does. Surely she doesn't. Yeah. No. Barb's not 80. Well, but like it's oh, as widespread no, no. as widespread as it was. That's fair. Yeah. Like, yeah. and my mom remembers having Chinese food for the first time. Well, we all had Chinese food for the first time. I don't but know. Do, what you to tell do you remember it? Kind of. Uh, I maybe. don't. Hmm. I don't. Like my mom remembers having Chinese the first time as like an adult, <laughs> or as a, a teenager, maybe. But yeah. Now I think that orange is sort of a weird flavor, and I think it's like <laughs> it's like the like flavor for the ninety nine percent. <laughs> like Trump voters drink orange LaCroix. <laughs> They're like, orange, yeah. That's that's the flavor of people. So I called this because it's it's no very few men. It's a no. product for ladies. I call this a Jane 12 pack. <laughs> I all of a sudden, after you said that, got a really great vision. And this is nothing against the, the beloved juggalos. <laughs> but like, could you imagine some bougie juggalos <laughs> spraying orange LaCroix on each other? <laughs> That would be great. What 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 uh. what artist would spray orange Lacroix on people? What's currently for sale at Starbucks as a as an uh, album? As an album, I oh. don't. Hmm. I kind of think it might be a country star. Nora Jones. <laughs> Nora Jones is absolutely what I think every Starbucks artist is. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's just Nora Jones You're in like, costumes. God, this Nora Jones is really great. You're like it's a guy singing. <laughs> Oh, Nora Jones Such is what range. I call Starbucks CDs. Don't don't mind me. Don't mind me. What do you guys have for orange? I had it as a sure, thanks. <laughs> I guess, but, but I've never, never had, had one. It. So they're I, actually I don't... they're actually very good. I mean, like mm. I like an orange Lacroix. They are good, but I feel like they are, in my mind, the closest approximation to actual soda that Lacroix gets to. Like they really, it's like Lacroix trying really hard to be like. Um, it's because it's for Trump voters. Go on. Like I, I always refer to it as, or like I guess like, what do you call it? Orange soda. There's a brand name, surely. Crush. Crush. It's like the crush of Lacroix. Fanta. Uh, and because it is sort of like, almost orange soda, I decided to go with the category Tom Skerritt, an actor most famous for almost being Tom Selleck. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. a, that's his thing, right? Yeah. Barry, what was your category again? Sorry, I had just... Jane 12 pack. Oh, Jane 12 pack. That's pretty great. I think Jane 12 pack is yeah. the winner. I take myself out of the situation for never having She's... tried an orange look. Exempt. <laughs> Respectfully decline. Yeah. Oh, I see what's next, Mary. Oof. Mary, do you have any opinions on the next flavor? I sure do. It's Barry. Which, this is the description, hopefully you're switching to sparkling because it's very delicious. It is not. They don't even acknowledge, <laughs> they don't even really acknowledge the flavor. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think they know it because they definitely like kind of backdoor that in. They're like, ah, the sparkling water in general is wonderful. And, and we're, we're just going to shoehorn the name in. Berry LaCroix tastes like crushed up grape baby Tylenol. <laughs> it tastes terrible. I have seen people drinking it in public and thought about rolling down my window and being like, what are you doing? <laughs> I bought a like 24, 36 pack of a pallet of LaCroix. 2,436 yeah. LaCroix. Sorry, yes, all of those. Hey. 
all of those LaCroix from uh, Costco. Mm-hmm. And it was a variety pack. You did not get to choose the variety. And it came with... <laughs> just just, just what a bag of LaCroix. What if it was like a Build-A-Bear, but for palettes? <laughs> That'd be great. Things. <laughs> and there were six uh, berry... LaCroix and I was like oh I've never had one and Mary suggested that I would just go ahead and water my plants with it I did I, that's what I did with the one one 12 pack of berry I bought when I first was trying it to be fair that is because Mary hates plants <laughs> I don't know they every time I read about how plants have feelings I feel bad about that but I did it had to be done and I didn't want to waste them I mean plants like things that taste like a combination of you know breakfast cereal and club soda right like that's it's yeah. great for plants what kind of breakfast cereal do you think it is? I mean, definitely Fruity Pebbles, right? Like or Blueberry Morning? Blueberry Morning. Right? It's, like a, it's a grape nut adjacent cereal. <laughs> <laughs> it's for olds. It's for olds. <laughs> Not children's cereal. Yeah, it, it was what my brother and I ate for, for cereal. That was considered an exciting cereal in our household. Well, you guys do love fiber, so that's to be expected. <laughs> we were regular. <laughs> Uh, Kelly, do you, what was uh, so my category is worst? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I also went with worst. I went with medicinal. Ooh, that's good. That is good. Yeah. I I'll like take worst, but I I think it's medicinal. I do. It just it it's a better, tastes like medicine. It's a better description for it. But when you say medicinal, you mean you do mean like Flintstones vitamins. Yes, right? I mean <laughs> that's offensive to Flintstones vitamins. To be honest with you. Mm. All right, uh, medicinal. I like it for Barry. That's right. true. Uh, Cran Raz. Cran Raz. A mixture of two great tastes that are very delightful with nothing artificial. It's another berry pun. It is another berry pun, which seems a little bit lazy. It also is a shame because this is actually a very good flavor. It is. Yeah. Controversial statement, but I believe it to be true, which is why I'm saying it now. I think this is the best flavor of LaCroix. Really? I do, and I will tell you why. So, Cran Raz has personality it's not it's not just it's not it does not stand on its it does not rest on its laurels it's not bland it has a distinct flavor and i think the flavor really honestly is the flavor of squinting your eyes because i do that every time i drink one they're a little bit sharp like i kind of contort my face when i have one but i still really enjoy it and um i've never met someone who wasn't like yeah cran has that's what I, i'll take one of those so I think it has mass appeal, but it still has personality. See, I, I took a similar... I, I agree with you that no one's ever turned down a Cranraz LaCroix, but also I feel like no one's ever asked for a Cranraz LaCroix. False. People ask in our house all the time. That is true. Oh, well. Well, I've never actively preferred Cranraz. And yet it's I, almost always in your house. Well, yeah, I mean, it's good. That's I'm not saying I it's like bad. It. You know, you go in and you reach for a Pomplamoose, you get a Cranraz, like, oh, this is fine. So that's why I gave it to... Uh, Pomplamoose overrated. You take that back in one <laughs> second when we talk about it. Um, I gave it uh, aluminum metal as my category. It's like, aluminum oh, metal. Is that, yeah. be- is that because you, uh, you, you squint in your eyes when you drink it? It does have kind of a metallic taste yeah. to it. Uh, Mary and I have had this discussion about some LaCroix, which is that some LaCroix make me like, like my spit get very thick. (laughs) I don't know what it is. This is one of those flavors. Really? So it can never be one of my favorites. So I called it Salivate Accentuate. (laughs) (laughs) I think you just won. Congratulations. Uh, It's a personal thing. If only because I'm salivating because I'm excited about drinking Grand Rouse. Yes. Done. Done. Great. Pomplamous! The best. <laughs> okay, okay, maybe not the best, but like, this is actually what pure LaCroix tastes like. 
this is like the baseline LaCroix. It's yeah. even got a French name. They didn't, it's they the didn't French call it translation. I like that also the description is just that. It's the French translation for the word grapefruit. And, sh- and shows and a show of humor from this all-American brand. I wonder if this came out around 9-11 and they were like, oh shit, oh, oh shit, no. we've already printed the can. Freedom fries. It's a freedom fizz. It's a freedom fizz. Uh, Pamplemousse. I would agree. If you, what I think is really funny is whenever you talk to someone that you don't know well about LaCroix, they're always like, have you tried Pamplemousse? And I, every time I want to be like, yeah, <laughs> obviously. It is like widely considered the best. It's what people talk about. I would say it is the can people envision when you mm-hmm. say LaCroix. It'd be like if you were talking about soda pop and people were like, whoa. Ever had Coca Cola? <laughs> but I think so. It's widely considered to be the best. But I think it's a bit like having your favorite character in a movie be the main character. It's like liking <laughs> Luke best from Star Wars. It's just, <laughs> it's like so unimaginative <laughs> in every way. So I called it a flavor by committee. Oh, yeah. I just called it ooh la la, <laughs> ooh la la. I gave it a hard best because I'm basic. <laughs> All right, what are we doing? Mexican standoff. <laughs> Sorry, French standoff. It's French standoff. Bonus. This is where some like <laughs> douchey dude is like, Tell me you guys just don't run away. <laughs> I think flavor by committee. Mm. Although. Yes. yes. Flavor by committee. Okay, Andrew. Sure. Ooh, now we're taking a walk on the freaky side. Ooh, yeah. Peach pear. Peach pear combines the sweet smell of peach with a rounded pear taste. <laughs> Makes zero sense. LaCroix, who wrote these descriptions? I mean, right, it's a, it's a well-rounded flavor from, you know, the food pyramid. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Have you ever had a peach pear flavored anything else? No. No. It's a very strange combination, and it doesn't seem like it would have mass appeal. Yeah, I mean, and also... Plum can't feel great about being left off of this. Each peach pear plum. Huh. Fair. Yeah. Actually, it's sort of weird that there isn't a plum. Yeah. Lacroix. That sounds delicious. I drink a plum Lacroix right now. Super mm-hmm. would. Maybe they're worried to be too prune juicy. <laughs> um. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think that it's. I think it seems really unlikely that it would have a mass appeal, but clearly it does because it's sold. Um. And not. And also the can colors. I feel play into my category, which is Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> it's okay. a weird, sort of off-putting thing that, for whatever reason, a decent portion of society, including myself, really quite enjoys. <laughs> and therefore, it maintains on the shelves. This was the inaugural Salivate Accentuate. Mm. I know this about you. You think it tastes like spit. I do. I think it's It's like, a polarizing it's, flavor. It's, it's too thick. It's weird. I don't like it. Yeah. I, I, I kind of kept it simple with Odd Couple. Yeah, it's not mm. a very funny category, but it is pretty accurate. Yeah, it's pretty accurate. I personally like the Pee Wee Herman. Pee Wee yeah. Herman. Because it also honors your category, which I understand why people don't like it. I do like it, but it's it's weird. It's not, I don't mind the flavor. I just don't like what it does the to text, my mouth. You just don't, I don't like the texture of that water. <laughs> the texture of this water is appalling. <laughs> uh... Are you happy with that, Andrew? Yeah, fine by me. Coconut. Coconut is summer in a can, and coconut is great as a mixer. <laughs> Thanks for the tip. 
Have you ever put Malibu in coconut LaCroix? No, but I put coconut LaCroix in mixed drinks to like fix it. <laughs> like if I've made like a mixed drink and it's kind of weird, I'll throw some coconut. Right. And it's and it's a, a tropical drink. I will, I will put some coconut LaCroix on top sometimes. Sort of liquid duct tape kind of situation. <laughs> liquid duct tape. Like, uh. Well, I think we have a category. Uh, <laughs> liquid I wish duct tape. I don't care. <laughs> liquid duct tape. I think that <laughs> coconut LaCroix tastes like what you would hope accidentally spraying sunscreen in your mouth tastes like. Ah. Uh, did you steal the joke? Yeah, well, I was going to say, so my category is Tom Skerritt because much like the way orange LaCroix is not quite orange soda, this is not quite sunscreen. This is not quite sunscreen. Not quite. Yeah. Yeah, well, but it's a, it's what you would hope it would taste like. Oh, absolutely. It's like the best possible scenario for sunscreen to taste like. I call this another Pee Wee Herman. Because, mm-hmm. not necessarily because, I mean, the coconut, obviously, and coconut water, certainly, yeah. are going to sell. But then once you have it once, you have an absolute opinion about it. Yeah. I had it as an ooh-la-la. Ooh-la-la. Mm-hmm. You a, had it as Tom Skerritt? I did, yeah. I kind of like it as a Tom Skerritt. Tom Skerritt. Thank you. Done. This is the most anyone's talked about Tom Skerritt in 20 years. Uh, those people are clearly not watching the, uh, the I'm pretty sure, direct to television and maybe USA Network, uh, Parent Trap 2. Yeah. yeah. Apricot is what's next on the list. <laughs> okay, this is where it gets really weird description-wise. Is a 2014 new addition to the family, which brings a never-before-never-been- Done before flavor of <laughs> sparkling water aisle. You should clarify that's not like an island of sparkling water. It's literally the aisle in the grocery store. It's aisle with an A. Yeah. Thank God we gave you an outlet for all these dad jokes, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like this entire episode is just Mary being able to express her opinions about LaCroix and Andrew yep. get as many dad jokes in as possible. Oh, you mean like every episode <laughs> of the show? I think it's really weird that this was introduced in. 2014 because apricot is a fruit that has sort of like a a very distinct time period to me yeah and that time period is the 90s yeah (laughs) and that time period and specifically St. Ives apricot scrub which by the by if you want to have an interesting and sort of salacious read you should check into the lawsuit that is currently being leveled against St. Ives for ripping people's skins of skin apart literally with their apricot scrub good god Yep. Um, but it, that was the hotness in the 90s. It could get any cooler. I remember there being a lot of apricot flavored things and that being kind of fancy. And like the smell. Like mm. I could imagine an apricot herbal essence. Yeah, totally. Oh, or like Bath and Body Works. You just oh, like yeah. walk by it and it would just be like perfumey apricot just rolling out of that place. Although yeah. now that I think about it, did they have an apricot flavor? They must have. They must have. They must have. They had cucumber melon, that incredibly unlikely flavor. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of feel like when when I think about the idea that there's an apricot LaCroix, my first thought is, why not peach? Like, honestly, that seems much more... Because peach is hanging out with pear, weirdly. <sighs> yeah, but but wouldn't that make so much more seven, sense? Because 789. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of dad jokes. Yeah. But no, like, you know, in terms of, like, butt-shaped fruits, peaches are much better than apricots. Or nectarine. Yeah. How good would that be? So for me, in my mind, it felt like this is sort of a weird, like, alternate dimension situation. Like, honestly, like, can't you imagine in any regular reality that peach would be, or nectarine would be better choices than apricot? Or apricot. I don't know how you pronounce it. I say apricot. Apricot, yeah. So, uh, but also I feel like it's it's very showy in that it is not the obvious choice. So combining the 
interdimensional weirdness of it and also the flashiness. I said butterfly affectation. Oh. Thank you. That's a fancy category. Yeah. And I'm, now I'm thinking, how else are you using that? <laughs> True. Wouldn't you like to find out in well, a second? Well, but yours is stretching yeah. over all potlucks. So you actually, <laughs> now that I think about it, you actually kind of loosened yourself up because all of your categories can be applicable to 30 items versus us slobs who are stuck with 10 to 13. I use the same categories for most of mine. I know. You guys didn't each one, cue me in on this. Each I, one definitely has its own flavor Flavor of LaCroix. <laughs> it might be peach pear. I don't know. Yes. Um, but yeah, they're both definitely, they're, they're all there. Hmm. Hmm. I call this a Jennifer Aniston because of the 90s connection <laughs> and kind of the popularity, marketability of it. Yeah. I made a mistake on this one. Which is that I gave it a category. Best. <laughs> and it was best. No, I gave it a category and I had a bunch under that category and then I changed categories. So then I have this lone one that is oh. only under one category. <gasps> That's for Apricot LaCroix. Yeah. And it's just, I've never had the pleasure. <laughs> Actually, I might have another one. I have one more. Never Actually. had the pleasure. Never had the pleasure. Never had What's, one. What I've really realized is that you have had not as many LaCroix flavors. Like you have not had the, the full range. The full range. We should just get a bunch of really weird LaCroix and try it. They should sell a 12-pack with all the flavors. Yeah, like a sampler. Yeah. Mm. For holidays. and For holidays. What would be left out? Plain. Plain would be left out. Probably, though, in an actual, like the actual world of sample putting together and um, marketing and research and all that stuff, probably there would be two planes, which would be lame. <laughs> There'd be two berries. Ugh. <sighs> Terrible. Well, my plants would be happy and watered. All right, what are we going to do? Andrew, what was your category again? Butterfly affectation. I kind of like it because it also reminds me of Ashton Kutcher, <laughs> which kind of does a sim- butterfly effect. Butterfly effect. Yeah, I, I, I follow. Yeah. Um, which also, for me, he's definitely like a, a time and place actor. He's a little bit too old for Apricot to still be popular, <laughs> but he's like early oddies. Mm. Butterflies it is. Butterflies. That makes me like Mariah Carey. All right, next up, Passion <laughs> Mariah Carey. Also 90s. <laughs> it all comes around. It's all connected. Like the flapping of a butterfly's wings. Uh, passion Fruit. Don't step on it. Don't, don't do it. Passion Fruit. Passion Fruit is now available nationwide, is the description for it. <laughs> Check your local re- retailers as our newest flavor is now in store shelves through early 2015. Mary, you looked us up in, like, what year? Uh, a couple days ago. Oh. The year that happened a couple days ago. Oh, 2017. Yeah, weird. Interesting. I do know that passion fruit was supposed to be a limited edition flavor oh. and that they decided to keep it. And that's why it took so long to come to the 12 packs. But what the hell, LaCroix? You haven't I mean, updated your description of this in two years? I really enjoy passion fruit, LaCroix. As do I. I think it's the perfect balance of distinct and subtle it's more, more robust flavor-wise than the evergreens like lime and cran raz, yet not as cloying as more of the fruit-forward fl- ones, such as peach, pear, or coconut. Hmm. So I call it an MVP. I don't know why evergreen made me think of this, but you would be terrible. A mint LaCroix. <laughs> oh, God. That Coming Christmas 2017. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the peppermint schnapps LaCroix. <laughs> Done. They're like, you know what? market we really haven't gotten at drunk uncles <laughs> we're, we're tapping in tapping in 
Uh, I had it as best because uh, not only is it my favorite flavor, but it, I also think it has the prettiest can. I don't usually like to do this, but I grouped categories and gave this one a butterfly oh, affectation a... too. Because my first thought was, why not pomegranate? Why isn't there a pomegranate? Right? Is there one? Of, is it one of the slashies and one of the fancy cans? Maybe. I don't think so. I think they're just trying not to intrude on that palm territory. Oh, maybe there's like maybe there's some like bad blood there, like or in, maybe there's some good blood there. But like in twenty fourteen, they don't want to. Mm. Come on, how would they not go pomegranate in the year twenty fourteen when everything was pomegranate? That's mm. good blood. Bonkers. Mm. <laughs> I think so. I think it's more of an MVP because like if you do want something a little bit extra. It is, it is the obvious choice. If I'm not going to have lime or cranraz or pomplamoose, I'm going to reach for uh, passion fruit every time. All the other ones just fall away. You want to stump for butterflies? Yeah, because it's the best category. I don't quite understand how that fits in for passion fruit. Because it's supposed to be pomegranate. Mm. Mm. And they're really showy about the fact that it isn't. MVP. MVP? I'm calling it. Right. MVP. Mango! Mango, another new flavor for 2014. So this came out at the same time apricot did, or apricot. Mango, <laughs> this actually might be my favorite description. Mangoes are green on the outside with a slight red hue at the top when ripe. Thus, the can colors. <laughs> Thus. This actually does have a nice can color, but it's not... Uh... But you and I don't prefer the greens. That's the real problem. I think their greens are a little bit are a little bit harsh. Like if they did like a mintier green, like a little drop of blue. Actually, if they did a mint Lacroix can, like a like color mint, not flavor mint, Ugh. people would like die for it. People would stab each other in the neck for it. What about a millennial pink? What flavor do you think would be in a millennial pink Lacroix can? Bubblegum. <laughs> um, that's a really good question. It might be bubblegum just because so you could Instagram it. Yeah. That's right. Or like unicorn tears. Um, <laughs> I think that this was just added because it was trendy. It yeah. seemed trendy to add. Uh, I've had mango. It does not leave a, a strong impression on me. So I called it a flavor by committee. Uh, well, uh, I kind of feel I have a similar opinion. That it's aesthetically interesting, but forgettable, if not bad, flavor-wise. And um, so I went with smartwatch as my category because, again, looks great. Kind of stylish, but ultimately kind of totally useless. Hmm. So. Okay. I lied. I have this as I've never had the pleasure. Ah. I actually kind of like that one for that because I don't think many, I don't think people, many people have. have. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like it for that. Done. Yeah. I win things. Tangerine. You win mango look right. Sorry. What was that? Tangerine. Tangerine. Mm. Freshly peel aroma and tangerine effervescence to transport your taste buds available now in select markets another one but, they but desperately when? need when is now is it now? <laughs> is it now is it literally now i gotta get how many tang- have we all had tangerine Lacroix? tragically yes do you find that it tastes like it has an oil slick across the top i do yes so kelly since you've never had orange imagine that without the oil slick and um. that's what orange tastes like <laughs> it is the trump of Lacroix. so if orange are his voters he is the tree is tangerine so i called this a jane's 12 pack parentheticals boss who's grabbing her butt <laughs> beautiful beautiful yeah i'm confused as to why tangerine exists as a flavor when there are so many better 
orange variants. Like, why is there not a blood orange LaCroix? Can you imagine, like, the idea of a blood orange LaCroix? That, that's brilliant. There's definitely a market for it. Because, I mean, surely Halloween time, who doesn't want a blood soda that doesn't taste like blood and it's not a soda? Imagine, <laughs> you, get, imagine although, getting, like, a... Although, it'd be really good way to figure out who, like, are freaks if you just yeah. made it. You're like, blood soda! And then, like, you just sent the police to see yeah. them immediately. Guys, just imagine getting a sixer of those in your pillar sack for Halloween. It's great. <laughs> Andrew, did you reveal your category? I said aluminum metal because it just, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Though I guess actually butterfly affectation would have worked too, but that's, you know. Three in a row. No, no, no. no. Two, then one, then another one. Mm -hmm. Kelly? I added as a salivate accentuate. Kind of trying to get to that. It does something weird. It's also, it has an icky texture. I agree. I'd be happy with that. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. All right. Guys, that's it for LaCroix. Once again, we are totally victorious. Once again, yeah. we are only a third of the way through. Let's bring <laughs> it back around. Let's do it again. Hey, let's, Kelly, what are you thankful for? Thanks, Andrew. I <laughs> am super thankful for cats. Oh. I love cats. That's your librarian. Yeah. So uh, they bring me joy in my life. So we're going to be talking about famous cats. Stand aside. The cat casserole is on the table. The casserole. Casserole. <laughs> All right. Our first famous cat is Cat from Breakfast at Tiffany's. Basic. Do you know this cat's real name? No. It's Orangey. Oh, which I is even I... more basic well, than Cat. So the, 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 the cat actor's name is the Orangey. Cat the cat actor. Yeah. <laughs> which is the, Mickey the, Rooney, actually. Award winning, <laughs> the award-winning cat actor who what? won a Patsy, which is the Picture Animal Top Star of the Year. A.K.A. the cat Oscars. What a patronizing name for oh, that, yeah. man. Oh, you want a little patsy? A little patsy. Oh. Pussy got a patsy. Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm so sorry. Why oh. did you do that? Yikes. Uh, no more pussy jokes. Well, there will be some in, like, you know, soon. <laughs> also, it's not... It's 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 a cactor. It's a Who's named Orangey. Orangey. Did you guys consider the novella Breakfast at Tiffany's? By Truman Capote, or just the movie starring Audrey Hepburn? I just considered the movie. I thought we were talking about real cats. Yeah, you know, some of these are animated, but you know. (laughs) Just real cats. (laughs) You're like, it's it's a book, it's a cat in a book versus this very real cat named Orangey. (laughs) (laughs) Cactor. Sorry, Cactor named Orangey. So, in the. Well, so the book is quite different, obviously, Mm. from the movie, because of course it is. But, um, and because Truman Capote is, is a little bit of a. A, a twisted fellow but in the so if you recall in the end of breakfast at tiffany's the no, movie you've I never d- seen it oh the movie yes i've never read at the, the book. end of the movie she chucks that cat unceremoniously outside of a cab and then and then regrets it and goes back for the cat after deciding she wants to marry a man who has told her forcefully multiple times that he owns her yeah it's, <laughs> it's bad decisions um and then she finds the cat and then they smooch and it's and all then happy. And the man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. And Mickey book, Rourke is way racist. Not Mickey Rourke. <laughs> yeah. No, it was no, Mickey Rourke. Right. Mickey Rourke is still alive. Mickey Rooney? Mickey Rooney. Mickey Rooney. Is a racist Sorry, Mickey hell. Rourke. I make that mistake all the time. And I always, I was like, man, why is, why is he complaining <laughs> about staplers in the last 60 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> he seems like such a happy fellow. He was a fan of the salt of the Megaplex. That's Andy Rooney, not <laughs> Mickey Rooney. <laughs> I get all the Roonies mixed up. <laughs> I just assume they're all one person of the Megaplex. <laughs> yeah. 
Ro- why is Rooney Mara bitching about the butterscotch? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, to be fair, at that time, most of them were old men. <laughs> they could um, so in the novel, she doesn't find the cat. She oh. does the same thing. The cat is gone. And then she does go to the airport and she does go to South Africa. Mm. And But the narrator, who is, um, who's Paul in the movie, the guy she ends up with in the movie, um, finds out that the cat gets a good home. So the, the, the parable sort of is that she will also eventually find a good home. I was going to say that I, if I would have scooped that cat up. If I saw somebody throw a cat out of a cat. I love an orange cat. I, I don't, but that's okay. Oh, I love an orange cat. They're so Orangey? Cute. Orangey. There are actually quite... I, I've always kind of considered myself a little bit like special for liking orange cats. I was like, that's oh, not the obvious choice. There are a surprising amount of orange cats on this list. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, I kind of put it together, but also these are like obvious choices. <laughs> orange cats are worse for allergic people. Hmm. Hmm. They have a different dander. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. All right. But either way, no matter if you are talking about the movie or the book, it's it's pretty horrifying. I watched that that uh, clip of her chucking that cat unceremoniously in the rain out of the cab, and then I read the paragraph where she does the same thing, and it's horrifying when she does it. Um, And basically, she does it to prove a point to her. Granted, at least in the movie, jackass boyfriend, yeah, um, who's who's insisting that he owns her. Um, so I said it's always the children who suffer. Ooh. Oh. Because that's really sad. It's a so sad... You didn't, you didn't choose a LaCroix flavor for that? <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't try to cross-reference our list. That's great. It's, you know what uh, flavor you would have chosen? Pure. You know what flavor I would have... No, you know what cho- flavor I would have chosen? Orgy! Orgy. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. Duh. Um, what do you guys have? Uh, I said, um, because I think this whole scenario is pretty bougie, I said, isn't it ionic? Uh, okay. Yeah. I had it as ooh la la. Mm. Ooh la la. Because it's a fancy, fancy cat. I maintain that mine gets more at the heart of the matter. Of what's going on with this cat. I will let go of the cat. All right. Mary wins. What was uh, the category? It was... It's always the children who it's suffer. It's always the children <laughs> who suffer. Uh. All right. Our next cat... Is not really a cat. Everybody. Because it's animated. Everybody. Her name is Duchess. Have Everybody wants to be a cat. Sorry. My. <laughs> Wayne Everybody Wayne Everybody <laughs> With uh, a cat. My first cat's name was Duchess. Hmm. Mm. Oh. But spelled differently. Yeah, because I didn't know how to spell. D U T C H. Like the Dutch yeah. people. Yeah. Like, she's a Dutch S, like a female yeah, she's, Dane. Yeah. yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, she's a tiny cat. She wore uh, wooden shoes all the time. <laughs> <laughs> she's a tiny cat. She ate tulips. <laughs> Full of dams. Full of d- Just constantly clinging to, to a mini golf course windmill and just going round and round and round. <laughs> okay, well, I have lots to say about Duchess. No, yeah. Obviously, we haven't even started talking may, about Duchess. May I have the floor? Sure. Yeah. All right. Number one. She's one of the very few mothers that is allowed to survive mm. in early Disney canon. Wow. And late too. What a right? great I never even thought about that. Right. And on top of that, not only is that unusual about her Pog- or what are the uh Dalmatians? Oh, uh Perdita? Yeah. I love Perdita. 
I love all Disney dog movies, uh, which we'll talk about later. But <laughs> would we do one on Disney dog movie? No, <laughs> no but she is also a sex symbol yeah. in this movie. She, and you know that because she's voiced by uh, Ava Gabor. Oh. who is so basically this is miss bianca who is one of my very favorite disney characters in a cat suit which is hot so i called this swing awakening <laughs> you watch it as a kid and you pop a little boner mm. for a cat wow duchess was the originator of the ooh la la ooh la la uh category so she is of course ooh la la she's a good she's a good character too because like so i i think kelly have you when was the last time you saw her was the aristocrats i mean not recently yeah i mean i neither neither have i but i remember watching it when i was maybe really like early high school and being quite impressed with it because like right like it's it's sort of like a, a bourgeois story of class struggle mm-hmm. i mean basically it's like oh no these cats might not be rich <laughs> <laughs> if you recall correctly the, the central thesis of the movie is that or the central like kind of um, hero's journey yeah. that happens over the course of the movie is that these cats are going to <laughs> inherit inherit their 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 madam's vast fortune and the butler who's the only human being in this woman's life is like well that seems messed up and decides to ditch the cats which is not cool on his part but no. then again like what are those cats gonna do well but what is he gonna do live his life great collecting a salary while cats go and caper about that's my life except i don't get paid for it <laughs> <laughs> i ooh la la ooh la la what did you have andrew i feel like an old cynic now jeez i, I maybe should review this movie this movie uh because of the sort of class struggle elements and the sort of rich folk becoming realer and learning about their identities by hanging out with the the, the lower class the rough class i uh, took inspiration for the film overboard and uh called my category with kurt russell and goldie Hawn, in which a rich woman in very uncomfortably becomes amnesiac and gets, gets manipulated gets by, raped by a man yeah it's not great yeah um but and then they case, went on to have the greatest hollywood love story of all time yeah great job guys um i call it over over dash B-O-R-E-D, bored, because it's like a, you know, when bored rich people, slump. it's like that pulp song, Common People. Yeah, yeah, basically. no, I mean, like, I, I agree with you only, the only yeah. thing that I think saves it is normally in that story, because you're talking about, like, the story of Titanic, where mm-hmm. yeah. a bored rich woman needs to find herself, so she goes down and finds, like, a so little bit. So she finds of, it in a man. Well, <laughs> lower class man. She goes down and, like, goes and finds it in some lower class peen. And then something bad happens to dies. that person, yeah. right? Like he goes to jail or he dies or like something, or he has a wife that he has to go back to who's horrible or whatever. And then she goes back to her old life, but with a newfound sense of self. Duchess brings Tom O'Malley, the cat, back mm. with her to her bourgeoisie life. And like he lives in the lap of luxury. So actually, I think she's a little bit of a class warrior. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, she like... Uh, put some of her money towards feeding all those incredibly cute mice. <laughs> <laughs> that cat's fortune. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah. I, I, I'm a, I think I think this is a sexy movie. I'm, I'm sticking with Swing Awakening. Wow. Swing Awakening it is. Yes. All right. Our next cats are very famous in my mind. Their names are Gracie and Oscar, and they are my cats. I know that you specifically chose this category because you wanted to highlight... These two cats. I just love cats. In and general. cats in general. But and that that's that's fine because that is what you're thankful for. 
Um, but it reminded me that Gra certainly Grace and probably Oscar too, especially if you took video, could be internet famous. Any pet could be internet famous if they wish to. If Which, they tried hard enough. Well, if their owners tried hard enough. Yeah. <laughs> if our owners try hard enough. Um, and it reminded me of Andy Warhol saying, in the future, everyone will be world famous for 15 minutes. So I called this a prophet Warhol. <laughs> uh, Kelly, what'd you add? Grayson, Oscar, best. This is your 15 minutes. <laughs> here it is right here. We'll, we'll wait. We'll pause. We'll pause. For the full duration. P-A-W-S. Oh. Ah, ah. So that was one he didn't even mean to do. I didn't. Weird. I'm just. It just like comes it just out naturally. Comes, yeah. Jesus Christ! I need to stop. I have a problem, guys. Um, I because these are the only cats <laughs> because I because you're allergic to them. I I will say like it, it's I, like especially allergic to these cats. Yeah, yeah, I, to I, I cats. can't breathe around your cats, but they're super sweet. So I also said best. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. I know they're not famous yet. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know a lot of cats. I don't know a lot of cats. I don't know a lot of cats. Yeah. We can say best. We can say best. We are saying the best. It with, is the best. With an acknowledged bias. Yes. Well, okay. sure. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> Our next famous cat is Jonesy from Alien. Mm. This is the one I said was best. Yeah, I love yeah, nice I cat. Um, I love an orange cat, as mm. previously stated, and I think that Jonesy is one of the best orange cats of yeah. all time. He has the right amount of stripes. Um... <laughs> It's like not too much. Um, it's a fearless pal for a great sci-fi heroine. Um, and no other cat, as far as I know, on this list has defined a cornerstone of the modern uh, monomyth the way that Jonesy has. Save the cat. Hmm. That's now a thing in screenwriting classes about your hero's journey. The hero has to prove themselves to be a good person and they need to do something like what Ripley does when she is moments away from, like is, is safe totally safe ready to blast away from the alien and she realized that Jonesy is still in the space station and she or it's not a space station the Nostromo yeah yeah. there we go and she goes back with a cat carrier to get him yeah that's Save what I would cat. do yeah I did back to back bests hmm. I think Jonesy is one of the best see I started with best and I do feel that Jonesy is technically the best like established famous cat on this list um, but uh, I don't know them personally. Yeah, the best cat that I don't <laughs> have a relationship with. Um, but I had to say that you know, Alien, fantastic movie, love it, it's so good. But I would love to know what Jonesy got up to during the course of that movie when you didn't see him. So I had the category Rosen Cats and Guildenstern. <laughs> You do know what Jones... I mean, Jonesy is in actually quite a bit of the movie. I know, but can't you imagine, like, you know, Ripley... Like, you ah, 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 you want, a, you want like, a GoPro on Jonesy? <laughs> yeah, just like, because he does seem pretty chill about the whole affair, relatively. He, like, ah, speeches a few times, but, you know, he's a cat. He's like, well, oh, after Ripley like, dies in one of those terrible remakes, which I believe... Or not remakes, but one of those terrible sequels, sequels which I think Joss Whedon is responsible for, mm -hmm. which now, we, now it's all laid bare now that we know that he was a terrible womanizer uh, for most of his life, and probably still is. Um... We don't really know what his, after Ripley dies. We don't really know what happens to Jonesy. But wait, no, um, she dies, but she comes back as a clone in a really bad. Do you think that the clone is taking care of her cat? I mean, like I would hope so. What if Jonesy was cloned too? Oh, 
But Josie's uh, a little weird because they t- tested her. I, tested would, Jonesy. I would recommend reading the Wikipedia article about Jonesy because there's like this sort of the section that's all bullet points where it says things like, since Josie, Jonesy was in cryosleep, he's probably the oldest cat in known history <laughs> at 67 years old or something like that. Yeah. And then the last bullet point is, Jonesy is the best. <laughs> I mean, yeah, right. No, there's also apparently like a whole faction of uh, alien fandom that believes that Jonesy is um, really Scott's Mary Sue. That like Jonesy moves through the movie as a director would, kind of oh, popping in at key moments to huh. like to like steer the movie in particular directions, and doesn't seem to really follow the laws that normally you, of of like space and the confinements that normal characters have. Hmm. Also, they're both gingers. <laughs> so that's a that's a whole thing. Wait, so I think Ripley's not a ginger. What are you talking about? Uh, yeah, Ridley Scott is. Oh, Ridley. Yeah, not Ripley. the director. Ridley. Ridley. Uh, Ridley just, Scott. Ridley Scott. Really, Ripley's the main character. I I've wasn't saying. Ripley. Just realized something, guys. <laughs> Ripley is Ridley if you flip the D upside down. Yeah. 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 Ridley Scott. You so, son of a bitch. would it be surprising you at all that Jonesy is him? No. Yeah. Yeah. So I, if I you think that flip the cat upside down. What is it? Uh, right side up because it's a cat. You can't flip it upside down. Still cat. Yeah. Still cat. Yeah. So do we decide best yeah. for Jonesy? Jonesy is the best. Yay! Jonesy is the best. Yay! Uh, the next one is Sassy from Homeward Bound. Anybody? Pregnant pause. Pregnant pause. <laughs> I have a lot to say about Sassy, so I, I'm a little... I, if anyone has any, like, something quick and quippy, they should go. The, the only thing I can say about Sassy, so I, I haven't seen this movie since I was, like, eight. Um, like, on a... Like, one of those fancy buses that had TVs and took field trips on. I was, so I read up on Sassy, and I believe that a wiki, uh, maybe a Disney character, I can't remember mm-hmm. And um, the thing that stood out to me is that the, the way they frame the description of the film, it's like, they mention that the animals communicate with each other telepathically. I was like, huh, never thought about oh, that. Oh, they specify? Uh, so yeah. Sally Field is inside Michael J. Fox's brain complaining? Well, they don't move their lips, so I guess that's the implication, but telepathic animals, they can't talk to humans. That's huh. really weird. Yeah, like when it. you think about it, it's Maybe strange. they just choose not to talk to humans. Yeah. They're quiet thinkers. Well, they, they have control over their... Yeah. Telepathy. I'm glad that they don't make it like a full-on Bush's Baked Bean Dog. That would be <laughs> terrible to watch. <laughs> Where it's just like an animated gross mouth. I've or... seen pictures of that dog on a p- private plane. Have you ever been <laughs> on a private plane? That dog has been. That doesn't surprise me. It's a, it's a baked, it's baked bean royalty. Uh, Kelly, what do you think about Sassy? I like Sassy. I just remember... I, I don't really remember that much of the movie other than I loved Sassy the best. Mary I has. specifically asked to talk about Sassy because I have strong opinions about Sassy. I think Sassy is bad for feminism. She is helpless. She is hysterical. And she is only concerned with her appearance through the entire movie. Mm. But she is pretty. Um, she is the consummate follower and not the leader. All of her instincts are bad and cowardly throughout the whole movie. Um, when she returns at the end of the movie, so remember like the end, all of the pets kind of crest this hill and shadows, of course, last because you assume he's dead, um, in that mud pit (laughs) that's under a train track. The, the, the location and like space of that always really confused me. Um, that 
None of the men in the family greet Sassy. Hope picks Sassy up, and the mother is the only other human that touches Sassy. So she's clearly, in the throughout the entire film, she's clearly not prized hmm. as much as the dogs are. She is categorized as kind of like a weight and a drag down, whereas the dogs are considered loyal and the drivers of the movie. Um, and she's also the only woman among them. Sassy is an agent of the patriarchy. Hmm. The whole movie is an agent of the patriarchy. The males are in charge and the cat, the female, is just an inconvenience that is dragged along. Plus, Shadow looks like John McCain. <laughs> <laughs> Even the name betrays this. So it's, of course, a remake of The Incredible Journey, right? But instead, mm -hmm. we, have, we have dumbed it down. We have watered it down, where instead the most incredible journey you can have is to return to your own home. You're not having an experience. You're fleeing the wide world for comfort. Also, I'll add a note there. Your own home where you are owned. Because they are pets. It's true. Yeah. In the OG, all the animals are voiceless. They are just as they stand on their own. And they're, mm -hmm. to see them overcome things in the wide world and have their incredible journey and pull together. There's like, you know, this happens in the in Homeward Bound too. But the, the emotional peak of the incredible journey is after the cat gets separated from the dogs. And then they find each other again. And that's when they start being successful. So the cat is prized in The Incredible Journey, the cat is not prized in Homeward Bound. The cat in The Incredible Journey is male. The cat in Homeward Bound is female. Ooh. Mm. Yeah. Incredible Journey is about socialism and is probably still not great because it was made in the 60s by making all of the uh, animals male. Although the cat's name is, the cat's a Siamese named Tao, which is kind of a bold move <laughs> on their part. Especially how they've handled Asian-themed cats and other animals. Totally. <laughs> totally. Whereas in Homeward Bound, it's watered down. They're given voices, but they are actually silenced and more repressed than ever. Well, just, well they are telepathic, so there's that. <laughs> so I think Sassy should be wiped from film history, and I called this double revisionism. Mm -hmm. I think Mary can just have it because she's passionate <laughs> yeah, and will never win. <laughs> I will clarify, that was not an ironic slow clap, but a very genuine slow clap. Good Feel job. strongly about it. All right. Our next cat, Oof. cats, Cyan from Lady and the Tramp. Speaking of Mickey Rooney, <laughs> Cy oh. and Anne. Cy and Anne. Good God. Yeah, it's not good. Can we just just say worst and move on? Not talk about it too much. No, actually, I would like to. Okay. Yep. So obviously, Cy and Anne are terrible. Yeah. Um, and normally I enjoy letting Disney sit in its own bigotred feces <laughs> like i i think it's good that we ex like look back and say yes these people are bad because of this especially people who are culturally significant like disney but i love lady and the tramp so much that i just want to sponge it from the film like i just want to cut that piece of the film out like it's a soviet cosmonaut i want to pretend like it i want to disappear them from the movie <laughs> so for this it's another double revisionism but I want to revise it and then cast it away. You are the Joseph Stalin I am the Joseph, Lady and the Tramp. I am the Cats Joseph and Lady Stalin. And the tramp. Lady, if you think about it, they do nothing in the movie. They, if you removed them from the movie, uh, there actually, would be they, no other they plot They do a really good job of propagating racism against Asian people. That's a pretty... <laughs> no, they, they but really like plot-wise, I was trying to think about it because I thought... Because like the whole issue, the whole central crux of Lady and the Tramp is that there's a rat that's trying to bite a baby. <laughs> 
Right? I haven't seen Lady and the Tramp in forever. It was okay. never my favorite movie. Oh, I love it. Um, yeah. So another, actually, another weird movie where like a, a fancy lady like picks up a man and like straightens him out. But, um, but. <laughs> The, uh, yeah, that's the problem. So, like, Lady wants to protect the baby, but the parents are worried that Lady is going to bite the baby. And then there are those cats, but I couldn't remember if the cats are, like, falling down on the job by not killing the rat or, like, what's going on there. But, yeah, that's the central crux of Lady and the Tramp, that hmm. Lady gets muzzled and runs away because they're afraid she's going to bite the baby because she's afraid that the rat's going to kill the baby, basically, which is a nightmare scenario. Yeah. Very 1984 now that I think about it. Muzzles and rats. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say it's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm well, fine. So what that. was your category going to marry? Double revisionism. I want to I want to expunge them from the movie because I think the movie itself is culturally significant, but they do not play a culturally significant part of the movie. I'm going to make a controversial choice here. Uh, controversial observation. I agree that it is the worst, but I'm going to say that if you wanted to revise it, it could be better. Okay. So maybe both. Can this be a both category? Yeah. Now let's give it to double revision. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Majority loses. <laughs> kidding. You're right. All right. Our next cat is Thackeray Binks. <laughs> from I'm sorry. Pocus. Do you mean Zachary? <laughs> sure no. Don't. Thackeray. Oh, Thackeray. I also is that a name? Banks forever too. <laughs> Banks. Would you say Banks. the name one more time so that I may know what it, how it is done? Thackeray Banks. Binks. Isn't it Binks? Yes. Thackeray Binks. Binks. I thought it was Banks as a child. You were thinking of George Banks. You're getting this confused with Mary Poppins. <laughs> yes, that's obviously what <laughs> Isn't it crazy that in Mary Poppins, George Banks works as a banker? <laughs> oh, I never thought about that. Right? <laughs> If your last name's Baker, you're more likely to, like, bake baguettes. Um, <laughs> it's weird. We are talking about Hocus Pocus. <laughs> you are what you are. And we are talking... And this is a Thackeray Banks. Binks. 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 Uh, but that's how they say it in the movie. Banks. Uh... Binks gets like a lot of a lot of sexual interest yeah, on I him. Yeah, I noticed uh, that not too. Uh, not only in the movie, which I kind of remember, but... In the in like the modern day BuzzFeed world we live in, <laughs> yeah, I definitely yeah. remember as a kid thinking he was cute, attractive, and then like now I'm like, eh. well, you lo you love a bowl cut, Kelly. I That's love okay. a bowl cut so much. <laughs> he doesn't much. really. He has kind of like yeah. the han the handsome like man bob, a puritanical bowl cut. Yeah, yeah. He's got like Christian boy hair. Yeah. Um, so being attracted to amphimorphic cartoon animals is like the gateway drug right like we watch robin hood and we're like oh that fox is pretty cute but this character boldly steps over that line and invites 90 year olds to be into a fr to be into a frankenstein of an actual cat with a cgi face <clears throat> yeah that cgi face is so i thought he was a puppet i thought he was basically like sailing mm -hmm. the cat from no no i think uh, like the body is an actual cat but they then just like cgi it's it's what they do with like the bushes baked beans dog oh, which weird. is if you watch this you're like oh i'm so glad homeward bound doesn't like all like this <laughs> So I call this another Schwing Awakening. Mm. You're right. It should be a Schwing well, Awakening. Let me, let me... Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious oh. about your categories, though. Go ahead. Allow me to contest that in a similar category. Um, I did also notice the creepy amount of, like, very sexual content related to Thackeray Binks, both, you know, whatever. Both and, in cat form and non-cat form? Yeah, and I thought to myself, that's a, bit, that's a bit weird that people are just lusting after this teenage 
boy cat. This, this, ran, <laughs> this random C-list celebrity yeah, who yeah, was yeah. a cat for most of the movie was not voiced by that actor, by the way. Yeah, and I thought to myself, okay, you know, what's something that's romantic but gross? Um, so I called this an oyster because it's like an aphrodisiac when you think about it. It's basically just a little salty lump of flesh that you can get sick from eating. Oh, all right. It's an oyster. Yeah, uh, the only issue I have with oysters is that no child likes an oyster, and this is definitely like a like a my first boner. My yeah. first headache in my pants was watching Hocus Pocus. <laughs> Mary wins. Sorry. Uh, Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, fair. All right. Our next cat is Crookshanks from Harry Potter. I'm sorry. Isn't it Crookshanks? Crookshanks, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Sweet. See, here's the problem is I read... And then I don't ever know how to say things. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Crookshanks. I think you're right, because there's an R in there. Yeah. I definitely pronounced, I mean, now I don't know how I pronounced it, because uh, because now it's just like so part of culture. But I definitely remember pronouncing Hermione wrong for a really oh, long yeah. time. Oh, yeah. And Sirius Black. Like, I think I knew that Sirius Black was serious. I, but I, I do remember kind of like figuring out and being like, oh. But I'm really trying to remember. It was like did I pronounce it Hermonini? I don't remember. <laughs> Something really tough. Tough stuff. Uh, I hope so. I hope so. Hermoni. Hermoni. Maybe it was Hermoni. Hermoni, yeah. yeah, well. Um, Yeah. What do we, what, what do we make of uh, of this cat? Of this incredibly ugly orange cat? Yeah, this is not, it's not, not a, a beautiful, beautiful cat. cat. Yeah. No. Smush face. Smush face. Smush face cat. Uh, I d- would love to love her. I can't. Mm sure it's a male whatever okay um all cats are girls <laughs> they're not kelly <laughs> just wanted to rile you kelly <laughs> agent of the patriarchy um first of all if you're i mean like no shame i mean like i like a cat yeah but if you're a wizard and you don't have an owl what are you doing <laughs> like why would you pick a cat over an owl i mean anybody can have a cat you're a wizard Get but Hedwig. But that cat has special po- properties. Okay. Actually, I think that's worse. <laughs> so she doesn't know that the cat has special properties, right? No, she, she just liked the cat. She gets it. And then in the shameless money grab called Fantastic Beasts in order to find them, <laughs> it's revealed that he's half Neasel, which is just a Pokemon ripoff. Like, it's like, it's like, yeah, it's a cat and you can use the whiskers to make wands and they're just like smart and stuff. I think that makes the cat so much worse. If he was just a normal crabby cat that she liked, that I can relate to. I know a lot of people who have normal crabby cats, but like the fact that it's like, no, no, Crookshanks is cool because he's like, you know, this other thing, a kneesel. Well, and you thought that Crookshanks was an asshole for the entire third book when he came into the, their lives because he kept trying to eat Ron's rat. Scavers. And then we find out, no rat. He's been sleeping in his bed. <laughs> Wait, what? That's, that's a lie. A lie to it that it was like that. Ron was basically like, "I let you sleep in my bed, you weird man." Oh. <laughs> that's awesome. Like, cause like, uh, what is Peter? Scavers is a hundred percent seen Ron Weasley's dick. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Not only Ron Weasley's dick, he was passed down. He's seen many Weasley dicks. <laughs> <laughs> He's seen all of them. He's seen all those fire crushes. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god! Oh, wow! So many, so many Weasley wow. dicks. He has so passed many Weasley dicks. Man, he's really biding his time. Yeah. Wow. 
It's a rat who likes dicks. I mean, no, it's, it's, it's a person. It's an old oh, man. man. Guys, I definitely uh, got my Harry Potter cats confused because I'm not super familiar with Harry oh, Potter. Oh, did you think that this it was, was like the janitor's cat? The janitor's oh, yeah, cat. What's Miss Norris? Miss Norris. I, mm. See, if this was Miss Norris, a totally different ballgame. Yeah. I'm fully on board with Miss Norris. Um, although I do kind of wonder if the... What's the janitor's name again? Uh, Doesn't matter. Yeah. I do kind of... There's a lot of class stuff with Harry Potter and British people in general. It's just uncomfortable. Yep. Um, I said that Kirk Shanks was the worst. Filch. <laughs> His name is Filch. C. No, it's not Filch. Felch? Uh, <laughs> let's back away from this, guys. Uh, I, said that Kirk, I said that Kirk Shanks was You're the right. worst. Um, because I confused the cats, I said Rose and Cats and Guildenstern, because I imagine that Janitor's cat gets up to a bunch of fun stuff. Kirk Shanks might get up to good stuff. We don't know. Yeah, That's yeah. true. Running around Hogwarts. Uh, killing, I, killing pedophile rats. Killing pedophile rats. Unsuccessful. Doing the Lord's pedophile. work. <laughs> but wanted to desperately. Mm. Um, I called this one medicinal. Because much like Hermione, it's, it's just a like... pill to swallow. Well, just, it's just like a little bit of extra dose of like, no, do the right thing. Do the right thing. The cat does the right thing. Yeah. It's a Are we? Is it like a bitter do the right? Like, is yeah. it a little bit preachy and yeah. like unpleasant? Especially since the right thing is killing a man. <laughs> That's yeah, context. You know. yeah. A man rat. Yeah, I like that. I'll take it. Sure. All right. Our final cat is a cat called Grumpy Cat. <laughs> it's from the movie Grumpy Cat. It's from <laughs> the internet. It's of the internet. It's actually not called Grumpy Cat. It's called Tartar Sauce. Yeah, once... and they call it Tard. Yeah. Ugh. Which is do you really it... think it's called Tartar Sauce, Mary? Do you? Yeah, it's rough because it's called it's called Tard, and it is like physically disabled. Oh yeah, so it's not. It's a physically disabled cat. Yeah, that's oh, why yeah. it's grumpy. that's why its face looks like that, and it's like tiny. Yeah. yeah, it's really rough. But I will say, as rough as this whole situation is, I, I do appreciate that the existence of Grumpy Cat led led me to read the following sentence from the internet. The owner took a leave of absence from her day job at Red Lobster to manage Grumpy Cat's schedule. <laughs> How many Cheddar Bay biscuits do you think Grumpy Cat used to eat? <laughs> All of them. Yeah. All of them. One a day at the very least. I mean, I call this a profit war haul. Oh, yeah. 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 You're right. That's what it was. Is. I said pink wine on the rocks because I think that's like a five-year-old meme. That's the kind of thing that moms be into now yeah. on their email lists. I just called it, sure. Thanks. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Guys, can I give you another fun fact? Mm-hmm. Grumpy Cat has a manager who's not his owner. And she went back to the Red Lobster. One assumes. <laughs> uh, or her, or her, cat, her, her exploitative cat fortunes. Uh, that manager also represents, I believe it pronounces Nyan Cat, um, who, if you recall, is not actually a real cat, but an image of a cat with a Pop-Tart for a body. Oh, and who needs a manager? Poop and rainbow. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I know who that cat is. Um, guys, maybe the apocalypse isn't bad? such a bad idea. Guys, should we feel bad about that? Uh, oh, what, it what also kind of... represents keyboard cat. What kind of... Wow. All what? the famous hey, cats. What has keyboard cat been doing in the last years? Oh, nothing? Nothing. Okay. Oh, 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 the I, keyboard I, cat's like... I suspect sleeping multiple hours yeah. a day. Oh. Yeah. Dead. What um? What physical <laughs> malady gave that poor cat a pop tart body? Should, should we feel bad about that? What's the ethical situation with keyboard cat? Keyboard cat died in 1987. Aww. That cat died before it was born. And is being represented by a manager. <laughs> What's happening? Profit Warhol. Because we did Warhol. not mean Profit that 15 Warhol. minute thing as 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 a oh good thing. All right, guys. Good job. We're done, right? Well, we're totally victorious for the second time in this episode. Boom. 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 Cats. Cats. Done.
Andrew, what are you bringing to this potluck? Oh, something great. The meatloaf album covers. Um, so right at the jump, Bat Out of Hell, what I think, and I'm not to bias you guys or anyone else, one of the best rock albums of all time. Like a really great record. One that I became familiar with when I was in high school and for reasons that I've long since forgotten, my uh, junior year social studies teacher decided to play the song Paradise by the Dashboard Light in its entirety to the class, which is very creepy. Yeah. Because that is a song about 16-year-olds banging in a car. 17-year-olds. 17-year-olds. Barely 17-year-olds. So yeah, so uh, ladies, what do you think? Well, this album art has definite pedigree. Mm, yeah. So uh, who would like to describe what's going on? Shall I describe what's going on? Can this it album? be described with yes, words? It, it, oh, it definitely can. That's actually, I think, what's the nicest thing about Meatloaf's uh, album is that there are definite things happening on them. Mm-hmm. And while how you feel about them, it's sort of like, um, it's sort of impressionistic. How you feel about them may depend on who you are, but you definitely know you're looking at a lily pad. Um, <laughs> And on this one, what appears to be happening is a bare-ass man is riding a motorcycle that has a horse's head on it, blasting through the crust of a graveyard, while on a very large tomb, a giant demonic bat is screeching into the sky that is painted red with highlights of flame orange. Beautiful. <laughs> Truly the best. Mm, I disagree with that. Okay. But I do think this is a best in class. There's Ooh. a lot of meatloaf. A lot of meatloaf's album art um, features motorcycles. When I first started this category, I was like, ah, just clump all the motorcycles together and figure out a category that. Nope, that's easily all of them. Three Basically. fourths of yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> so so I had to I had to get a little bit more granular, and I think that of all of the motorcycle covers, this one is the very best. Agreed. So what is your category? Best in class. Oh, okay. Um, I got a little lazy. Not best in show. Not best mm-hmm. in show. Got a little quick uh, lazy. I just called it bad out of creativity. Bad out of it's creativity. not so much out of this one as further ones. Fair. Uh, Fair. Yeah. I don't think it can be best because you do see the evolution of this particular type of meatloaf album cover. And I think that it's reached somewhat sadly at the... Um, you know, at kind of the dwindle of his career, like, you know, the the lower half, the, the very bottom of the bell curve, but then the album art gets real good. Hmm. Yeah. So even though, even <laughs> though it has pedigree, even though it is a great album cover, that's why I maintain Best in Class. I think that's really fair. I mean, I think it, it does set a precedent that is really hard to come back to, so. But well, yeah. and they come back to this well multiple times. They we'll do. get into yeah. it. Yeah. In fact, so we can say Best in Class then? Best in Class. In fact, the second album on our list, uh, Dead Ringer, immediately goes back into this well, but in a much less exciting way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like, you know... Uh, what? <laughs> I disagree strongly with that. I mean, like, you can't power a motorcycle with a sail. That's what it looks like happening on this album. Yeah, but if you could, that'd be amazing. It has a Hydra as the front instead of a stallion, and he's riding a motorcycle through water while nymphs cling to him? I mean, that's pretty great. It's pretty great. Plus, look at the sky behind him. It is a, I guess, like, I got, it's not... He's got, like, a, like a, the Nautilus, like, glow in the water. 
he is using that sail slash flag one-handed, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. Also, if you zoom in on this, this guy, definitely. So the, the first new, new dude is just a dude. I mean, I, I don't know. You only see him really in profile and that's, but this guy clearly has Meatloaf's face, which I find incredibly exciting. Especially since he does not have Meatloaf's body. <laughs> <laughs> he sure doesn't. But I do like that. Um, so they're kind of, they're sort of like two broad camps that I found in this. So there are like the, of the motorcycle albums. So there are ones that are very heavy metal. And then there are ones that kind of are a little bit more, the word is epic, but I don't mean it like in terms of, that was epic. I mean it literally like, like epic, like epic poetry. Like, yeah, like, epic, like the Odyssey. Like yeah. the Odyssey or epic poetry, which is why I called it William Blake's eighth grade notebook. Mm. Ooh, that's a good one. Thank you. That's a good also, one. Also, let's not sleep on the fact that Dead Ringer's titular track has Cher on it. Oh, I did. It's Man. a duet between Meatloaf and Cher <clears throat> singing about being at a seedy bar and deciding that they're going to go home with each other because they don't have anything else to do. Man, can you imagine those babies? <laughs> can you imagine? Okay, also, like, so so obviously, obviously, Bad Out of Hell was, was huge at the time. Mm. Like, it, it burst onto the scene. It was a really big deal. Like a Bad Out of Hell. Like a Bad Out of Hell. But, like, Cher was, like, majorly slumming it. And it really, like, shows to me that she has good taste. Yeah. Like, she, like, saw this person and was like, I will do a duet with that doughy man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. I probably called him that to his face. <laughs> you beautiful doughy bastard. Maybe. I think she's body positive. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think she yeah. means doughy as, like, an insult. Just as a, <laughs> just as a description. She's in the nicest way. Just as a descriptor. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, she calls it like she sees it. Yeah. I don't know. She probably doesn't like him anymore because he's a horrible Republican. But you know what? Death of the Artist and yeah. his music is great. Yeah. What categories did you guys have? I this? named this one and is the first of a few called Trump's America 2049. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Because that's what it's going to be like. Just, <laughs> We're all going to be underwater. Yeah. We're all going to be underwater <laughs> riding our motorcycles. <laughs> Because it'll be like Waterworld plus Mad Max. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, now I'm kind of embarrassed about this. I went with aluminum metal because I felt like, you know, it's just, it's not, after coming from such a high point with Bad Out of Hell, Bad Out of Hell it seemed like a real dip, but now you've talked me out of that. I feel like my, I'm just frankly quite wrong. Hmm. So. All right. Yeah. What's it going to be? Um, I, uh, what was Mary's yours? category. Yeah, what was yours again? William Blake's eighth grade notebook. You can't beat that. That was. This is like him doodling, and then there's like an ACDC <laughs> in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah, an S. Yeah, in that particular shape. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> William Blake's. <laughs> Blake's. Um, all right. Yeah. So, uh, following Dead Ringer, the uh, actually fantastic album cover. Uh, we have Midnight at the Lost and Found, in which we take a dramatic turn towards what I'm going to call politely subtlety. We take a dramatic turn towards um, the footlights. We step yeah. to the front of the stage to deliver a soliloquy. Yeah, subdued is not a great look for me. What uh, what's going on on this title on this uh, album? Well, for those who, who for some reason aren't familiar with the details of Meatloaf's third album, Midnight at the uh, Lost and Found, it's a very close photo of Meatloaf's face and a very dark background. And he's making a face that's uh, severe. It definitely does, although, look like it was 
like cropped poorly mm-hmm. by um, a friend who was trying to throw some subtle shade at him. Like he, he's cropped like right at the eyebrow line. Like you expect to see somebody else who looks much cuter, kind of in the for like the mm, foreground. Yeah. <laughs> that they like were like, well, they just cropped it there. Um, yeah, uh, I. I, this reminded me of a Phil Collins cover. Yeah. This is what all of Phil Collins' stuff, including where it's cropped at. <laughs> I think we know we figured out that formula. Mm. Um, but here's a... I don't know if you guys know this, but did you realize... So this was like when he was starting to kind of break up creatively with uh, Jim. And Jim wrote Total Eclipse of the Heart for Meatloaf to perform oh, on imagine? this album. Yeah. And like because of creative stuff and like album, like uh, basically Meatloaf was forced to um, release this album by his contract uh, while he was going through this like, you know, creative breakup. And Total Eclipse of the Heart just kind of like fell through the cracks and then right into Bonnie Tyler's <laughs> Bonnie hands. Tyler's like, mine! mine! But <laughs> it really made me sad that I don't get a chance to hear Meatloaf sing oh, that song because I think it would be really great. And actually, it does make more Makes sense. Makes more sense. Like, I now understand that song so much more <laughs> than I did yeah. before. But um, I, I think that this is like him trying to be, you know, he's going through a dark time. Yeah. And he wants to be more serious as an artist. And when I think of serious musicians, I recall a time when I was working at summer camp. Um, It was a nerd camp. And uh, this very sweet office worker, an older lady, was talking about how we all had to check, as soon as our kids arrived, we had to immediately check our group to make sure that there weren't any serious pianists among the groups so that we could make sure that they would have practice space. So I called this a serious pianist. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Oh my God, I... That's fantastic. Um, So I feel like like Mary takes this one again. Serious Serious pianist. pianist. Yeah. All right, so we're flying through these album covers. So, um, following Midnight at the Lost and Found, we get a bad attitude, a real sort of return to form. Kelly, would you like to describe what's going on in this album cover? <laughs> I would. It is a lady. What kind of lady? A sexy one. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Hold on. I'm trying to bring it up. Oh, it's here. I got it right here. Not working out for me. It is a lady. She is dressed up but big hair, got her, got a headband on. She is on, I know this is going to shock everybody, a motorcycle. Its handlebars are made out of uh, some sort of elk horn. <laughs> and that motorcycle is parked upon a just a junkyard full of crushed trucks. Yeah. And the background is pink and blue, mm-hmm. which is gorgeous. And if you notice, she is reclining on a cheetah skin rug like a bearskin rug but made of a cheetah mm. man yeah i ugh. i will say like this is a fantastic album cover but i do feel like she's also she's also wearing ripped tights which i think is, well, yeah, yeah. It is. notable um i do feel like you know you've, you've really set a good precedent for like what the meatloaf motorcycle is and looks like and seeing it in real life is a little bit IRL. underwhelming. You think this is real life? Yeah, it's a photo, right? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> I I think it's a photo. I think it's like one of those, I mean, 
Maybe it was like a photo with one of those oil painting filters on it. <laughs> it looks a little cartoonized to I, me. If but. anything, it's like a photo superimposed on a drawing. Yeah. I, th- I think that there's, well, or oh, like maybe, yeah. fa- fancy, um, oh man, fancy collage. Yeah, I guess. They did hmm. some decoupage over there. It's um, it's, it's re- airbrushed at the very least. It's a return to form, like he's returning to the well, but not as successfully. Yeah. As um, as bad at health for sure. I do think it's sort of like Spinal Tap, <laughs> like it's you know when they t- describe what smell the glove is supposed to look like. This this is like a slightly less patronizing version of it so i called it lipstick on a hog like lipstick on a pig yeah yeah i gave this one a smartwatch again because i feel like again the motorcycle it's flashy it's nice but it's not compared to what i know it could do and have been promised it will do it's a bit lackluster i just don't feel like that bike's gonna burst out of hell well, it's not promising to. It just got a bad attitude. It did. <laughs> true. It, I do assume it crushed all those cars that are beneath it somehow, which is impressive, but, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, I had it as a ooh-la-la. Mm. Ooh, look at that lady. Ooh-la-la. Fancy lady. I kind of like that because I, I feel like my category sort of diminishes her, and she is really cool. Yeah. Mm, fair. Yeah. Ooh-la-la. 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 All right. Then, okay, so uh, ooh la la for bad attitude. And now, you know, I feel like we had some strong opinions about the last Meatloaf Face album. What do you guys feel about the second Meatloaf Face album, Blind Before I Stop? Well, number one, I really feel for Meatloaf here because I think he looks quite glamorous, except his hair is kind of frizzed out. Mm And the exact same thing happened to me at my wedding because it was really hot. So I'm like, it's I'm like, I'm sorry, you know, Milov, I feel I feel you, boy, I get you. But um, I spent my entire time where I was supposed to be thinking of things to say about this album, just looking up facts about glam shots from the nineties. <laughs> um, so may I lay a couple on you? Lay them, lay away. Okay. When so glam shot, I was particularly. I guess there was a brand hmm. of glam shot studios that was popular and like kind of owned the market. And when you went in, you filled out a little form. And on that form, you could pick from six categories of dress and overall tone look. Um, in 1995, these were the categories. One, spontaneous. Two, can't wait to be touched. Three, tailored. Four, elegant. Five, bold. Six, other. Please describe. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this makes the fact that every like every third house I went into when I was a kid had a glamour shot of the mom or yeah. like the sister even more exciting and fascinating. What do you like, think all those Delta Burke, like Bobo Delta Burke versions where they gave the women purple eyeshadow and it's just like a lot of bang? What do you think that falls into? Elegance? I'd bold. Say- Tailored? No, I think bold is the studded. Like denim jacket over (laughs) one shoulder. Can't wait to be touched is definitely like the diaphanous thing. Yeah. It's like extra Vaseline on the lens. Like Yeah. Um, Spontaneous are all the like oh like the 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 surprised mouth faces. That could actually be the Bobo Delta Burke. Because they're always like very stiff and do a little shocked. Though let's it could be other. And that other could just be when you specify 
Delta Burke. I <laughs> I can only assume that meatloaf on this one is tailored, but it's a little yeah. bit it's yeah. just a little bit it's a little bit steamy in the studio so his hair is frizzed out. Apparently yeah. also, um, what what would you say was the main bane, like the bet noir of glam shot studios in the nineties? Mm. Um lights, too hot, makeup melts. Okay. I don't know. I was thinking who are the ones who take all the uh, photos at schools? Uh, school photographers. Oh, school yeah, school photographers. Oh, they're like mortal enemies. I like that one a lot. Oh, is it? Is it? Um, is it that no one can live up to the expectations that glamour shot set before them? Nope. It was high school girls scamming them to give them full faces of makeup and then not buying any prints. So you had to pay a pretty nominal <laughs> fee to like get have the the seated thing and then where they got you is they made you buy all these prints right yeah. but high school girls would go before prom just pay the like cheapo sitting fee and then go to prom with these makeup and they tried to figure out ways to stop that but couldn't and eventually they were just like well once those girls start to dance, all that makeup is going to slide down their face like Niagara Falls. Oh my god. <laughs> so they decided that actually they would get what they would, they would get their just desserts and didn't worry about it anymore. Uh, hubris, <laughs> teenage girl is your name. Yeah, I really want. Um, I really want a Ken Burns documentary about <laughs> glam, glam mall glam photo uh, places because it's just really fantastic. But I think that um, you know why do you have glam photos taken? Because you want to you want to show a side of yourself that is not immediately apparent to the naked eye normally. So you go and you get slathered up and then you get a picture taken. I think that's what Meatloaf did here. So I called it altered egos. <laughs> I do agree. He's, he's clearly going for a look at this point. And I don't know if it's working, but he's making it work. Oh, I'm, oh. <laughs> uh, he's going for a look. Uh, it's, it's doing something. It's supposed to be sexy. I'm not sure it is. So I called it an oyster. Okay. What are we gonna do? Well, if if it makes you feel any better, sometimes there's a pearl inside. Yeah. Sometimes that pearl is meatloaf. <laughs> sometimes that pearl is made of meatloaf. <laughs> All there goes. Sweet. All right, guys. So it's been probably this point. I don't know, like twenty years or so. Twenty uh-huh. 10, between ten and twenty years since we started this countdown. Not in, of course, the course of the show, but in the course of Meatloaf's life. It feels like and, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, But we've gone in and out from a few consistent themes, but never really attempted to recapture the power and the spark that started it all until now. With Bad Out of Hell 2, Back Into Hell, slightly confusing title. Uh, how do you get out of hell and then decide to go back into it? I don't know. It's part of an epic journey. And um, Ilif is the hero on that journey, sort of a Dantean figure, I guess, coursing through on a motorcycle. Maybe he forgot to save the cat. <sighs> See, there you go. He's got to go back to hell. Yep, yep, yep. Um, yeah. What do we think about this image of a man fighting the devil with a damn motorcycle? I, the devil? I think it's a dragon. Fighting <laughs> a demonic evil force. A dragon on top of the Empire State Building. So that is a flying motorcycle. I think it's always been a flying motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Or a swimming motorcycle. Mm-hmm. You go back to Dead Ringer. How does the... A hydroplaning, I guess, motorcycle. I was going to say, like, how does the gas tank handle that? Okay. I mean, the power of hell? Of rock. The power, power of rock, I think. 
So because of when this album came out and when I, the age I was at the time and the popularity of the song, I Would Do Anything For Love, parenthetical, I believe, but I won't do that, uh, with my mom and really every mom, I gave this one Pink Wine on the Rocks. Because yeah. that, despite the hellaciously righteous cover, is the ultimate mom song of 1990, I think. Um, Andrew, what what uh what do you think the that is? Great question. I uh, it's something that's perplexed me for many years. Also, I've been saying it in 1993. I apologize for that. Um, it's something that's been on my mind since I was eight years old. Um, when I was eight, I thought quite boldly that he meant murder. <laughs> he would do anything for love, but he wouldn't kill a guy. Which, if you recall, in the music video, he is playing sort of a uh, Beauty and the Beast esque beast. So I think that's not a crazy leap, but it turns out if I I don't have this in my notes, but they literally tell you all yeah, the yeah, things yeah. he won't do. Yeah, he won't. Um, basically, he won't like be a bad boyfriend. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's, it's what he won't do. It's not for a love. For it's, love, it's yeah. a little bit mixed. Which is you funny. can tell. You can tell Jim is not here yeah. at this point in his career, and you know why? You can also tell that it's he's not here in his career. Uh, Richard Corbin did not do this cover. Ugh. It's another. It's another artist attempting to bite that style, and I think falling. Very short, mm-hmm. so I said lipstick on a hog. Yeah, that's yeah. Fair. I mean, it really—it's boring in comparison. Like, what's so? Like, there's not even any foreground work. Like, where are we? We're so there's just some sort of clouds at the bottom, and then we have the Empire State Building, and then various other buildings that are actually around the Empire State Building. There's no creativity. So we got uh, pink wine on the rocks. We've got. Lipstick on a pig lipstick is on a hog. Lipstick on a hog. Lipstick on a hog. And that of creativity. Yeah. All right, Kelly. I think it's lipstick on a hog. Sure, I agree. All right. Anyway, so, uh, okay, so we've got that. Next on the list, uh, following the 93 classic, Bad NFL 2, Welcome to the Neighborhood. Uh, Welcome to a tragically generic, sad-looking 90s album cover. I feel like this could be, this could be like a Soundgarden album cover. That's true. It does look like a Soundgarden uh, album but cover. It could also be something like a 13-year-old did in art class and put on the fridge. Like, it could also very... be something that David Lynch would be way fascinated by. Yeah, true. It felt very Lynchian to me, especially like the physics of how she's standing on... I'm yeah. very interested in the physics, actually, of all these album covers, yeah. Yeah. but especially the physics of how she's standing on the stairs. So she's sort of like... So this album cover is a woman in a red dress with an exposed uh, garter on one of her legs. Mm-hmm. Uh, garter belt. And she's kind of like falling a little bit out of the dress and she looks surprised. And I guess what she looks surprised about is a man in a trench coat who must be standing at the weirdest angle, lower than her on the stairs and looking at her. But yet he is the, his shadow is the same height as her. It's as though he's floating in front of the stairs. I don't know. Maybe he's just a very tall man. Maybe he's a slender man. So okay, sorry. but like where her hand is in relation to like the second step is really weird. Mm-hmm. It felt very Lynchian to I me. I also feel like, and I looking at it right now, and I can't confirm this. Is that like a bat she's grabbing for, or is that a part of the stairs she's grabbing for? I think she's just like steadying herself on the wall. Either way, maybe she's falling. Maybe. I think she's like falling against the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless of the details, this isn't a neighborhood I feel like I want to be welcome to. I don't know. There's guys in trench coats. There's stairs made out of baseball bats. Uh, there's holes in the wall. There's 
blatant violations of physics <laughs> and, and, and anatomy. And uh, there's a lot of black hole sun in this, but then again, yeah. there's a lot of Lynch into black hole sun too. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, above all, I do think it, there's a certain creepy, creepy sexuality to it. Like it's supposed to be sort of erotic, but yeah. it's very unsettling. And I not, mean, uh, major blue velvet vibes all the yeah, way, uh, yeah. all the way down. Um, I thought it was a best in class, honestly, mm, oh. because there are a lot of albums like this, and this does a lot with not very much. There's only one figure in this, mm-hmm. and it's very unsettling, but for reasons that you really have to like unpack about it, where mm. you realize that like her arms aren't the right length. It's it's I think it's actually pretty well done. Yeah, I like it. I the only thing I don't like about it is how the wall is damaged behind her. Yeah, Mary can't abide by that property damage. Well, or like it should be more uniform. Why is that like one? And it's it's like broken down to the studs. It doesn't make sense yeah. to me. I don't know. Mm. I call it a Trump's America 2019. 2019. Yeah, we would do uh, just two years away. Yeah. No, 2049 to 2090. Would you like to expand on that? No. What? Because there's just all, in two years, there's just going to be men coming after women. Women are going to be afraid. <laughs> yeah. That's very afraid. That's all. What a, what a change it'll be from two years from now, two years in the future. <laughs> I, I uh, can agree with that. I can agree yeah. with that. Yeah. Maybe it's Mitt Romney. Maybe she's, maybe she's getting threatened by a Boston market Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> Maybe she has a dog she cares about and it's getting loaded onto a roof. <laughs> what a, what a category do you uh, have? I focused on the creepy underlying sexual tones slash overlying sexual tones and said oyster. Hmm. Yeah. I like Trump's America. Yeah. Seems fair. So following uh, Welcome to the Nay Boarhood, uh, couldn't have said it better. Well, oh. you certainly could have designed it better, I think. I hate this album. It's cover. terrible. I feel like I'm going slightly mad. With this what would you describe it? Well, okay, so I think thematically there's a connection between the last one that is a lady who's showing off her stockings, but instead of being in a creepy, dilapidated building with a floating trench coat wearing stranger and maybe a baseball bat in the background, it's the words meatloaf in the, uh, I'll call it the traditional meatloaf typeface. Um, <laughs> and then this woman sort of floating in a red space over the words couldn't have said it better with basically no spaces in between words and they look like they took the, the letters off of a two-year-old's wooden block letters and just stacked them behind this woman while she's are those plastic like letters that are always yeah. on fridges it's on the fridge yeah, yeah 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 it's not and also it looks like they just literally cut out like an image of a pen-up girl from a comic book yeah from, she's definitely like a vaga girl mm-hmm. yeah this isn't yeah it's not particularly original and it's what do you think is blowing her skirt up? Whew, um, I pondered that. It appears to be like it's, flames. <laughs> it's the air from hell. Air? Is it like um, air from hell? Air from hell. Or or is she falling? No. So like, whereas I really liked the like goofy physics of the last one, I really don't like them here. Yeah. It looks really sloppy. It looks like it was kind of like loosely put together. I do kind of like the words in the background, mm. but I can't think of anything meatloafy that they would go with. So that's a failure. Like it's not, it's just not emblematic. I called it the worst. Mm, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, I actually also said worst. I called it ooh la la, but I would ha- be happy to... For the skirt blowing. Yeah, for the skirt blowing. <laughs> but but is, it's the worst. But what is blowing? The air from hell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, it's it's the worst. Um, so, guys, uh, I think we can all agree that Bad Out of Hell 2 left a lot of unanswered questions. So, thank God 
good old meat came along and put out Bad Out of Hell 3, the monster Monsignor Loaf <laughs> decided to go back to the well. But Bad Out of Hell 3. And he dragged up Bad Out of Hell 3. And in the process, he let the monster loose. Oops. You know, it's funny. Um, you'll notice, as Mary pointed out to us earlier, uh, during the earlier day, he's wearing pants now. So the monster is not loose. The monster is, in fact, contained, if you consider the monster as his penis. <laughs> Although, I, since they're bootcut jeans, I'm pretty sure that he stole them from that naked lady with the foreground. <laughs> uh, it was 2006. It is an angel. Yeah. A pantsless angel. Really? I well, guess I think all angels are brought into the world pantsless. <laughs> I mean... I actually think it, it kind of almost looks like she's wearing, like, a jumpsuit. But I know, I'm sure she's not. She's nude. Yeah. <laughs> she's fully nude. But finally we get up on this bat. Yeah. I, embarrassing admission. I, I kind of touched on it earlier, but I always assumed that the guy was the bat out of hell. Nope. There's actually a bat. Well, <laughs> well I mean, in the album cover. Yeah. Well, but like, like a bat out of hell. Yeah. The song would lead you to believe Right. That. So he's just, he's just mimicking. He, he's, he learned it from watching this bat. <laughs> <laughs> But he's exiting such as this bat would from a situation. This bat is not, this bat is not famous for its Irish goodbyes. This bat does not does not sneak out of a party. This bat lets you know when it's on its way out. Yeah, this bat with its fire sonar, I'm guessing. This bat it's... is like a real housewife leaving a party they don't want to be at. They're letting everybody know that they are leaving. Somebody disrespected to ruin, this bat. To ruin the, this bat will not be told to calm down. Bat Idol 3, Monster is Loose, which uh, so many questions raised by that. I mean, I think that this album basically, a cover basically answers all of them. What's the monster? It's that bat. Mm -hmm. What is it doing? It's on the loose. Done. What Who, more? What more is there to say? Did he let it out when he went back into hell the second time? I, I mean, think. I think the monster. That's true. That does imply that the monster has been contained. Yeah. I don't care because I love the Lisa Frank energy radiating <laughs> off his motorcycle. Yeah. That beautiful purple and blue pastel in this otherwise sea of red is is quite is quite nice. Yeah, I do. I don't think this guy's a hero though. I'm gonna just put it out there. I think he might have loosed the monster. Oh, purposely? Well, I think when he went back to hell, for reasons that are very vague, especially well, since he wouldn't commit murder, given that the actually of the song. that actually goes with my topic perfectly, okay. which is uh, epic epic gentleman accidentally messing everything up. Uh, <laughs> I called this another William Blake's eighth grade notebook. Oh, no, because I get more of a I get more of like a Ulysses vibe from mm -hmm. this one than yeah, I do yeah. any of the other uh, motorcycle albums. Fair. Fair. I uh, went back to my own well uh, with this one, and th because you know, again, this is attempting to recreate something that was great and classic and amazing, and kind of doing an okay job, but it's just not bad out of hell, and it would never be. So I said, "Isn't it ionic?" I do kind of like that for the column connection. Oh, yeah. Yeah, thank you. I had it as bad out of creativity. Because I was. <laughs> you're like, you're like, guys, there's a title and it has bad in it. I think I think I, I rest no, my case. I'm <laughs> I rest I, my case. I kind of like the isn't it ionic as well. Me too. All right. Well, I will gladly take that. Make connections. Ionic. Okay. So uh, I guess that wraps up the Bad Out of Hell 3 saga, kind of, as we'll talk about right now. Uh, following Bad Out of 3, Bad, bad, bad out, out of 3, Bad Out of Hell 3, The Monster's Loose, we have. 
the perhaps the greatest named out meatloaf album hang cool teddy bear i think this is the best this is something special i may i describe what's happening in this scene girl i wish you would <laughs> we've left new york <laughs> we are in la with the hollywood sign in the background oh, i didn't even notice that mm-hmm. that's amazing and the what is the record building? Regardless. Oh, the Capitol. Yeah, yeah. Capitol Records is rising from sort of a a Turner esque uh, red smog, and there is a a woman in a red red negligee um, crouching next to the fallen hero, still wearing his boot cut, <laughs> but otherwise laid bare to the bones with his sword at his side. He is loosely draped. Over, over a bull's skull. <laughs> there is probably a motorcycle um, stage right, but really it's it's more of like a tire um, encircling rather sexually a collection of pipes. <laughs> and then the, the, the scene is dominated by a glowing, a glowing center space that is raising a Palmer girl forward to liberate the Teddy lady. Hang cool teddy bear. This is a great album cover. Yeah. Yeah. This is what I think and I think this is what it's all coming down to ultimately is uh is to have a woman come in and liberate these these damsels. Mm. This also has some strange things on it musically speaking. For example, uh one of the one of these songs has Hugh Laurie playing the piano. Oh. Yeah. For Meatloaf. Huh. Also, Jack Black sings a duet with Meatloaf on this album. I bet that was the happiest moment of Jack Black's yeah. life. Jack Black's like, it all led to this. <laughs> <laughs> Never meet your heroes unless they're Meatloaf. Wait, he's a Republican. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. So uh, I said best. That's fair. I think um, it's best, too, actually. Yeah. It's I mean, a great. This... And it has a really weird, weird name, which yeah. is fun. <laughs> We've had a lot of disappointing moments in the Meatloaf album cover journey. This isn't one of them. I think it's the best too. Um, it does me wonder who's te- is he Teddy Bear, and is hanging cool. Is is death the coolest you can hang? I guess. I think that's what the Palmer girl is saying to the woman yeah. wearing the Teddy. Yeah. When she rises, she's like rises, and this woman's like, Ugh! and she's like, hang cool, Teddy Bear. I really appreciate that she. Well, is- she. No. Peeps over her glasses. Yeah. yeah. She's the hero we've needed and looked for all along mm-hmm. on this decades long journey. So yeah, best. Best it is. All right, guys. Second from the bottom, 2012's Hell in a Handbasket. So at first, I, I, I thought the image of like the Earth made out of skulls was a bit like cynical. It's like, oh, everything's terrible, and Earth is going to hell in a handbasket. But then I realized Milof has a fairly pro-hell stance. So I think actually <laughs> this is probably a fairly positive statement, and you get down to it. Uh, I like that read on it, but it is emphatically wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. This statement was, uh, I don't remember what had just happened, but someone asked Meatloaf like what he thought of the state of the world. And he said, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. And every day that I listen to the news, I think the handbasket is getting bigger. Do you know what that's about? Hmm. When they got rid of public prayer in schools. That's right. They took down the public prayer sign in like a Rhode Island school. It's something yeah. very, very specific. I read that on Wikipedia today. Yeah. The, so the handbasket's getting bigger. I get. What? It's, I, I think like more people are joining the handbasket. It doesn't make sense. This is why you need Jim Steinman, Meatloaf. Well, <laughs> you need yeah, and he does eventually learn that. But right. um, it's never too late. It's never too late to correct a mistake. Yeah. 
Um, but this is definitely a mistake. I, I call this a serious pianist because it definitely, even if you completely divorce all of that from it, when you look at this co album cover, it's like totally, a, it really makes you think the mm -hmm. world is just built on a bunch of dead people. Like, yeah. ugh, come on, meatloaf. That's not what we're here for. We're here to rock. Yeah. I don't need your morality lesson. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Keep singing songs about 17 year olds banging in the backseat of a car. That's all we want from you. <laughs> backseats. Backs cute girls in backseats are to Meatloaf as women on stages are to David Lynch. <laughs> it's something he's very interested in <laughs> and would like to would like to talk about at length. Oh my god, yes. Uh, I, I went with my classic Isn't It Ionic because I feel like it's just trying to make a statement, but it's just it's not doing it. It's it's like less than yeah. what mm -hmm. it attempts to be. Mm -hmm. On very similar lines. I called it, sure, thanks, <laughs> I guess. You know what? I feel like I think that's the way to go because I feel mm -hmm. like Meatloaf needs to realize that his political statement is just sort of to stop. underwhelming. Please, yeah. please stop making them. More motorcycles, less politics, Meatloaf. All right. That's my opinion. So All right. Yeah, I, I like it you. too. All right. All right, guys. Dinner's almost over. We've had our desserts. The pumpkin pie is gone. It's the last item. Braver than we are. Yeah. Well, you know what is... makes it really great? The fact that it, unlike most Meatloaf albums, has a third line <laughs> that says all songs by, by Jim Steinman. Who? Okay. So I, I Like I know... as if just to be like, it's going to be okay, guys. Yeah, yeah. I know I did you dirty. It's all fine now. I, we turned this ship around. I don't know if Richard Corbin did this album cover, but it's he really, he's someone of a uh, similar who appreciates vein. Appreciates yeah. this one because it's it's about as bonkers as it, it's really like a good bookend. I it think. actually kind of matches all the other album covers. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. There's the Hydra. There's the yeah. Yeah, they all yeah. come back, and those are supposed to be the four horsemen of the apocalypse, which are supposed to re represent the record industry, the music industry <sighs> in general. Um, which, uh, which Meatloaf blames for tearing him and his creative partner apart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and which you know probably what? is true. And we know they're back together again because they're right there on the cover, I assume. I think that's supposed to be... Do you guys know what Jim looks like? He's nope. not an attractive man. He looks almost precisely like a, um, snowy-haired, uh, Lovitz the Critic. <laughs> <laughs> He's a doughy fellow... With white white hair, I recall him being a very skinny man. Like I feel like he should. Nope. I feel like in the seventies. <laughs> well, not now, was, anyway. I feel like Jim Simon. If I from my recollection of seeing like something about Meatloaf on VH1 when I was in high school, when all I watched was VH1 for some reason, um, I recall him basically looking like someone who really wanted to be in Steely Dan, hmm. but like was not allowed. Like, hmm. Walter, look Walter, like Walter Becker said no. But I definitely, you definitely know that must be him. Yeah. Um. Because the other guy is definitely Meatloaf. The guy yeah. who's carrying mm -hmm. the Pulp Fiction briefcase is definitely the, the, Meatloaf. The MacGuffin. The MacGuffin is definitely Meatloaf. Although, maybe they're both Meatloaf. That's the ta Ooh. that's the tact I took, where it's Meatloaf of the now on the left, and then it's Meatloaf of the then on the right. Like it's who he it's who he actually is um, versus holding his baggage mm -hmm. versus the person that he is creatively <laughs> which is holding an axe see i and by, by axe you mean i mean a, I mean a, a guitar i mean yeah. a kick-ass guitar I, yeah. I just want 
people who aren't looking at it to know that he's not just holding an axe. Yeah. That would be believable for these comments. It so, would be. So I called it an alter egos. Okay. Yeah. See, I, I took a different tag. I thought to myself, yeah, we assume that this is Jim Steinman and Meatloaf facing off against the apocalypse, but... I mean, let's be honest, they're just a couple of musicians. They're fantastic musicians who've done a lot for rock and roll in the last few decades, but they're not going to stop the apocalypse, for God's sake. So they're probably just two dudes, two buds, hanging out, carrying a weird briefcase and a guitar, and um, just happened upon the apocalypse. So I think they must have been doing something interesting. So I said, Rose and Katz and Gildenstern. I'm curious to what they were doing that day when the apocalypse happened. It must have been kind of cool to be carrying that suitcase and that guitar. Having petty arguments. Yeah. And then the apocalypse happened. I called it Trump's America 2049. <laughs> that might be. Well, if we make it that far. Yeah. Trump's America 2018. Uh. Trump's America 2019. Okay. All right. What are we doing? It's our last category of this potluck. Sorry. I know we keep asking this. What was yours again, Mary? Altered, Altered egos. Altered egos. Hmm. I know mine seems amiss because there aren't any obvious cats in this. But I'm going to put this thought out there. We don't know what's in that bag. <laughs> it's could a glowing a green it could cat. Be Hamlet. A cat. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, maybe maybe we should all, maybe in, in the, the spirit, spirit of, of Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, we should all have a compromise that leaves everybody mad. Yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We should all have a sort of a. Yeah. Um, so I'm fine with Rosencrantz and Guildenstern actually for this one. Rosencats and Guildenstern. Rosencats and Guildenstern. <laughs> Rosencats it is. Rosencats and therefore it shall ever be. Thank you, Mary. Thank you, giving. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been planning that this entire time? No. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks. Oh, wait. I'm very thankful for you guys. And thankful for you guys. This Thanksgiving. I'm thankful for you guys, too. And we're thankful for anyone who's listening to this beautiful podcast. Uh, check us out on, at outrageousmechanisms.com. And we'll see you in a couple weeks. That's my turkey gobble. Which is Kelly. That's pretty good. That's a good one. Good. <laughs> and good night. <laughs>